A woman was in a coma. She had been in it for months. Nurses were in her room giving her a sponge bath. One of them was washing her private area and noticed that there was a slight response on the monitor when she touched her. They tried it again and sure enough there was definite movement. They went to her husband and explained what happened, telling him, as crazy as this sounds, maybe a little oral stuff will do the trick and bring her out of the coma. The husband was skeptical, but they assured him that they'd close the curtains for privacy. The husband finally agreed and went into his wife's room. After a few minutes the woman's monitor flatlined, no pulse, no heart rate. The nurses run back into the room. What happened, they cried. The husband said. I'm not sure, I think maybe she choked. Hey, this is Brett Myers, and listen to Corner Pub Sports. We'll do it live! Fuck it! Corner Pub Sports. Fuck me in my ass, man. Shit. Yo, 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 Corner Pub Sports coming at you here live on a Friday night. If you're watching on, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Twitter, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching it on Threads, 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 if you're watching on Threads, we thank you very much. You, of course, can uh, join in the conversation, you can be a part of the show. Uh, it's gonna be a fun one tonight. We got a, a very special guest. We we'll get to that in a second. Of course, if you're uh, if you're downloading the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, there it is. We thank you guys so much for for joining in and being a part of the show. Honey, and, uh, honey, I got a hole in my shirt. Bring me the needle and some threads. <laughs> some threads. I need some threads. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's all. That's actually pretty good. I know I got to get used to the the whole threads thing because uh, the opening of the show a blowjob can co- cause cardiac arrest. Ah, there you go. Get it up. Yeah, it can. Yeah, yeah. Who would have known? Polsky, Satchel he puts out. What's going on, everybody? We thank you guys very much. Michael B on the show. He's uh, running a little behind. All right, but so before we get to that. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Mike's behind. Mike's behind something. Did <laughs> we just become best friends? Yeah. Yep. Driving down the freeway. Tonight, we're going to have the art, the uh, author of this book right here that I'm holding my hand, Murder on Federal Street. Sean Nam will be joining us tonight uh, via phone. It's been a while since he had a phone interview, but this should be fun. Um, I mean, the story is pretty messed up. It's about young boxer Tyrone Everett. Uh, Philadelphia boxer in the late seventies, uh, up and comer, um, nasty. Yeah, he nasty. was. He was. He was uh, quick, man. He he was. He was out to be. You know, he was going to be one of the one of the up and comers, like you know, an Oscar De La Hoya type type of boxer, man. Um, nasty right hand. And then uh, he was murdered. So Sean um, took a deep dive into the backstory of this whole thing, and 
uh, unveiled some very interesting things. So we're going to get into that with Sean and his book tonight. Um, I'm looking forward to this. In about 10 minutes, he'll be calling. Uh, like I said, Mike will be on the show in a little bit. Uh, Polsky wants to know if he likes he likes Rocky. You know what, Mark? That's actually a good question. We'll uh, when he comes on, we'll uh, we'll have to ask that. Dave Peterson said, "Good day, gentlemen." Hello, Dave. Oh, that's the wrong thing. There we go. Hello, Dave. Good day, mate. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? Um, good day, Jay, mate. Jay Parson. He remembers him. He remembers Tyrone Everett. So yeah, uh, it shook South Philly, man. It really shook them to the core when when this all went down. So. This is going to be really interesting. I think you guys are going to really enjoy this conversation. If you don't know the story about Tyrone Everett, you're going to. And you're going to be intrigued, and you're going to want to hear uh, more about it and read up on it. So it should be pretty cool. All right, so um, we got to talk about what we're drinking, all right? I mean, I think that's the, I think that's the most important thing we talk about tonight. We drinking, Gary? We got the Blue Moon Moon Haze. Moon Haze. Nice. Yes. It's, it's a good beer. It is. We were drinking it earlier tonight. Um, it had a little bit of cinnamon in it. Yes, it I don't know how it felt about that. It was a little much for me. But, uh, you know, it, it worked. Yeah, it looked like chunks of fucking cheese floating in it. Yeah, a little bit. Being that it was, uh, Gary's like, oh, it says July 31st, 2023 on the bottom. I said, yeah, that's the best buy. That means it's been brewed for like a year. It's been sitting on the <laughs> shelf for almost a year. Yeah, so so the uh, bearish never say, hey, we better get this in the fridge. Yeah, let's let's throw it in the fridge. Let's, let's put this in the front and put it on sale. <laughs> yeah. Gary's like, I'm sold. <laughs> yes. Sold. Uh, Polsky said, bark at the moon, Gary. Oh. I'm drinking all faithful tonight. I'm doing the old yingling lager. Slingling. Slingling. Nah. Slingling. Nah, like Polsky said, it's aged. It's fine. The beer's fine. It's, it's just. It's fine. You know. It's fine. But the first one you poured wasn't fine. There was like, no, it had giblets in it. Yeah, there was yeah, all yeah, kinds yeah, of shit going yeah, on there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, there was all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, guy, you want to start things off with the Phils? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the Phils have been doing some good things right recently. Um, you know, but after the All Star break, this is where we we need to see what the Phillies have have got, what they're made of. Like we uh, in the beginning, we had the uh, where the pitching was doing good, but the bats weren't alive. You know, right before the All-Star break, we had good pitching, and then we had good bats. So we need to continue that after the All-Star break. And the rumors are with the with the Phillies, you know, we got uh, playing the Padres tonight, but there's a star on their team that he may end up a Philly. Juan Soto. I mean, who would not love to have that guy here? Yeah, you're going to hear from the fans, well, we need back-end pitching, we need this, we need that. But, I mean, that that guy, if you can get him on your team, like, my God, that would be good, good stuff. Like, right now they're playing. It's a uh, it's the top of the eighth. They're down 6-1. to one. They're already on the third pitcher, and it just doesn't look good for them tonight. This is what you get from the Phillies. You know, they have a great, solid road record, but their home record hasn't been good. So, and right before the All-Star break, what did they go to, 14 games? Straight on the road, which was great. That's great of them to do that. So we need them to continue to do that, but we need some more solid home wins. Like just get good and win some games on the road, as you did at we well win some games at home as you did on the road. I'm sorry, excuse me. So you know it's just it's just tough to watch. They they come home after the All Star break and and they're already struggling. Like they're down six one. 
at the top of the eighth against abysmal, abysmal San Diego Padres. So this is not a team that you, you this is a team that you need to dominate against, especially on your home your home field. You know, you got you know, you got some solid pitchers on the mound. You know, if you go up six runs and it's the top of the eighth, like you should our team should be able to compete with the batting that we have. But the bats have just been quiet tonight. You know what I mean? Like we had halfway decent pitcher tonight. You're only down five runs. So you got solid pitching. But you had the bats. There was no bats tonight. Where are they at? What are we going to do? You cannot continue to do this if you want to win a wild card. Like, we want guys to play in October. Like, we want our fans to be excited in September and October. And right now, it just looks hard like it's going to, like, it looks hard like they're going to be able to do that. But let's see what happens. Maybe they can. So, you know. Yeah, so what are, you, what are you talking about? Like the second half? Like what are you – I'm sorry, I had to yeah, take the – Yeah, like I was saying, like um, like they won 14 straight road games, but their uh, home games has, has been tough. If you yeah. want, if you want well, to win, If you want to win the wild card, you know, right now, that's what we're looking for, the wild card. you got to be able to win at home. you got to. Right, right. And tonight they just – it's abysmal. Like, uh, yeah. You know, it's bad. So we so we had that that there was Sean Selby checking in with his opinion. We got a special guest calling in tonight, so that's who Sean's on the field, on the phone with. That's why he stepped away. So we'll we'll see what happens and uh, let let's go Phillies. So uh, you know Sean's walking back in, and we're going to have our guest come on. This is a, this is a good 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 guest. It's an interesting guest. Absolutely. Um, so, like I said to uh, start off the show. Um, we have a we have a, uh, a guest. Uh, you know, this is this is gonna be pretty awesome. So I just finished reading this book. Uh, so Sean Nam is an author. He also writes for uh, USA Today. Um, he just released a book called Murder on Federal Street, which is the story of a young Philadelphia boxer Tyrone Everett, and basically his career and the death of Tyrone Everett. Uh, Sean, can you hear us? I can indeed. Absolutely. Uh, that's awesome. Going? Fantastic. So you're with uh, myself and Gary, uh, Sean and Gary, and then Mike will be joining in momentarily. Uh, Sean, we're so glad to have you on the show tonight, man. Um, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Thanks much, for having me. Much appreciated. Absolutely. So, so Sean, um, um, you know, the book is, is interesting because, like, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm 41, okay? So I was born after this, <laughs> all, this all occurred. Uh, Gary is a little older, Um I know there's a there's a listener out here. Uh, Jay Jay Parr said he he remembers he remembers this whole thing. And, and Gary, by the way, nice job. Uh, while you, Thank while, you. While I, I appreciate, was I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, so um, uh, we have a listener, Jay Parr, who is absolutely in tune with this whole thing. He knows all about the situation, about the story about um, Tyrone Everett. But a lot of people don't, and I think it's, I think that's kind of crazy because this is such an insane story on right. what had happened. Um, so I'm trying to think of the best way to start this off, but I don't know, maybe, maybe like tell us about what got you intrigued with, with following the story of Tyrone Everett. How, how about that? I think that's a good way to start this off. Yeah. Well, um, so the story came to me, if you, uh, Sean, you, you read the book and if you read, if you read it cover to cover, you, you'll, you'll have read the forward by a guy named Carlos Acevedo. Yes. Who, um, Excellent job. Too, excellent, yeah. 
excellent writer, a good friend of mine who, you know, um, was encouraging me to write a book and he mentioned Tyrone Everett as a possibility. Now, I never heard of Tyrone Everett. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I made cover boxing, but it, it was not a f- story I was familiar with at the time. Um, but it's easy, you know, it's easy to know why it would have been recommended uh, as a topic. You know, the guy was 24, arguably the most talented boxer in the Philadelphia boxing scene at the time in the 1970s, which was a, um, you know, as you can tell from the subtitle, it was like a golden age for boxing at the time. And um, he was shot dead by his girlfriend in 1977 in May. Uh, but then six months before that, he had been involved in a title fight, which he uh, which he lost, but a lot of people thought he won. And really kind of um, important people who were part of that event who believe that fight was fixed. Mm. Um, if any of your listeners, viewers, or uh, I've watched HBO boxing over the years. You'll know the guy Harold Letterman was at that fight, and he thought it was, uh, it was he thought it was the worst decision he had ever seen. Yeah, he was taking on Al- Alfredo Escalera, um, exactly in '76. And which is that still true, by the way? So that that fight took, you know, took uh, took place at the Spectrum, and to this yeah, day, is that still spectrum. is that still the highest attendant Pennsylvania boxing match ever? Yeah. For, for for indoors, yes. Wow, it is. Wow, but I so, mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead, it's kind so. of an it, yeah. that's kind of an incredible fact, and it speaks to his popularity, um, which is a funny thing to talk about because you know, I'll talk to you know people in boxing, and they're not familiar with Tyrone Everett at all, mm-hmm. and even fighters. You know, I've interviewed like fighters from Philly over the years and um, you know they're, they're quick you know I interview middleweights uh, welterweights lightweights smaller weight fighters who who will rarely mention Tyrone Everett as kind of a stylistic or you know like a stylistic uh, model for them mm. um, you know there's a uh, impulse to name guys like Benny Briscoe a lot of the middleweights who dominated that era um ironically tyrone was part of the same kind of milieu but um it's funny he's but he's you know for whatever reason um and i think there there are some um logical reasons for this uh he's just not um a known quantity today mm-hmm. uh with that said though you know he's left behind a really kind of uh fever dream of a legacy it's a you know really kind of a tabloid special the the trial uh that ensued after his death uh involving the uh the alleged perpetrator's girlfriend carolyn mckendrick really took south philadelphia by storm i mean um you had a murderess who was alleging that she had caught tyrone in bed uh with another man 
uh, who was also the witness, who yep. also liked the cross dress, uh, was also whatever gets you not uh, apparently under the <laughs> employ uh, of Carolyn McKendrick as a drug pusher. So what, yeah, and 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 this is again, you know, keep in mind for everybody out there, this is the late seventies, right? So like, you know, now you know, you hear that now, you're like, uh, all right, this is the late seventies, where like that was. Crazy stuff back then, right? It was right. like, well, and, you know, the mafia had their hands in what, what if they wanted a certain boxer to win, that boxer would win. If they wanted a certain boxer to lose, that boxer would lose, right? So, you know, Sean definitely dives into that as well. You know, he has there's, you know, I, I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry, we probably just cut him off, but like, it's the truth, like, the black mafia has a tie into this, yeah. Well, you, you, you mentioned the mafia, um. I assume you, you mean like the Italian mod that um, mm-hmm. pull, was pulling strings in boxing, but that, that had been, that, that went on like, you know, in the fifties, early sixties. Um, but by the, by the early sixties, mid sixties, they had been rooted out. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, it's interesting though, because uh, that title fight, you know, I mentioned that uh, a lot of people thought it was fixed where it gets interesting is when you consider some of the figures that pop up uh, during that title fight. Right. And a couple of those guys are actually, actually holdovers from uh, the, the Frankie Carbo era of boxing. Frankie Carbo was the gangster who really uh, controlled the sport. And, um, you know, if what people who know little about boxing will, will often you know, talk about the mob and boxing. And that has to do with the things that Carbo was doing um, in that period. And, uh, you know, by, by the time 1977, 1976 rolls around, uh, a guy like Russell Peltz, the uh, Hall of Fame promoter, basically, you know, thought the mob was uh, a distant memory. You know, uh, you know, it, it was some, you know, and, and rightfully so. They, they, they had been successfully rooted out of the sport um, uh, by the federal government. Uh, Carbo did time. And, uh, but so where it ties into Tyrone is uh, in the figure of uh, Blinky Palermo. Um, I don't know if your listeners know him, if they've seen Raging Bull, Mm -hmm. there's a part in the movie where uh, Jake LaMotta, takes a dive against the fighter Billy Fox. Mm-hmm. And that, that had been a basically arranged by Palermo. And Palermo also had, you know, um, his talons in uh, Sonny Liston. I was, so was I was oh. I was stunned about like when I read that, I was like I was stunned. I was like, oh my God, that's and, like that's crazy. Like the, like it kind of all ties together in some sick twisted way. I was really surprised about that, Sean. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of the talk about boxing and the mob can often take a cartoonish tone, but mm-hmm. the fact is, these things did happen. You know, fighters took dive. You know, right. uh, fights were arranged; they were fixed uh, to ensure a certain outcome. Um, but so Palermo did time, but he eventually comes out um, a prison, and uh, he starts getting back into boxing you know uh 
you know, you work in an industry for however many years, you're going to have a lot of contacts. And um, Palermo was the, uh, the Philadelphia. The, he, he oversaw Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And so he knew all the guys there. And I had a guy, um, kind of a, a noted matchmaker, who you know referred to uh, this cadre of old kind of Philly fight dudes as uh, the boys club. And the boys club consisted of guys like Palermo, but it also consisted of another figure who pops up in Ty- the Tyrone story is a guy named Honest Bill Daly, mm-hmm. who was an associate of Carbo and Palermo, but he was never in- indicted. So he, he kind of got away um, and he started doing some stuff uh, out in Puerto Rico, which is important. Uh, I can come back to that later, mm-hmm. but um yeah, so by the time this title fight comes around, you know, there are reports that Blink Palermo has been spotted. Uh, Honest Bill Daly has been spotted. Uh, there's another figure here named Lou Tress. Now, Lou Tress is another member of this so-called boys club uh, in Philadelphia. And Lou Tress is the guy, is the Philly judge in that fight. The thing that really drove the promoter Russell Peltz up the wall and uh, others in Tyrone's camp was the fact that this Philly judge had voted, uh, had scored the fight against Tyrone. Mm-hmm. So he scored it for the Puerto Rican, uh, the incumbent champion, Escalera. Um, now, and, 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 been, and, and the fight, like clearly. The fight had gone Everett's way. Like, I mean, to everybody under the the sun, right? Like, New York Post, everybody was like, no, we had it this way. The fight somehow was scored. It's, like, so easily. It it was, yeah. 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 You count up the rounds. It was just hard to get to a place where you could say Escalera had won the majority of the rounds. Yeah. So Um, did did Everett, um, was was Everett in on the fix? No. So, Everett was not on the fix, no. Okay, so did he know about it? No. Okay, so it's basically he fought his best, won the fight, but they scored it so that he lost because – Yeah, Sean, that's Mike. Mike just joined the show, by the way. Uh, I'm, How you doing, Sean? Yeah. Um, so he, he didn't get a chance to hey, read – he didn't get a chance to read the book yet. Uh, I'm actually lending it to him tonight. Uh, I actually passed it over to him, so that way he gets a chance to read it. But yeah, you know, but he had, he had some uh, questions a little bit later. He he definitely has some uh, things he wants to ask you about a little bit later, general sure. in boxing in general. But yeah, so he he's um he's generally just asking, you know, like you know, did Tyrone have any hand in this thing? Like, did he have any, you know? Uh, I mean, listen, I, I if he did, it, it would be a huge surprise. As yeah. far as like I know, that was not the case. I mean. The kid was devastated. Uh, there's no, um, you know, basically, um, you know, the fight, you know, after that fight, there was a noticeable change in Tyrone. Um mm-hmm. You know, his, his manager and his promoter both kind of recalled like a, a sea change in attitude. You know, Tyrone had been a guy who grew up in, in the slums of South Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you know, in a in a in a kind of 
um, neighborhood gang at one point or another. Um, but the point is he associated with um, people from his part of the world. Um, even as he came up in the sports. So, uh, you know, he, he really never left the streets. You know, I think that was always part of him. And you go to his fights, you know, guys who were there would recall seeing um, really snazzily dressed men and women mm-hmm. uh, from South Philly. Right. Of the fights. And a lot of these people had um, kind of underworld dealings, but they, they formed a pretty big constituency for, for Tyrone, which, again, um, you know, outside of perhaps even Benny Briscoe, Tyrone had been drawing some of the biggest gates in Philadelphia at the time. Right. It was another kind of fact that surprised me as I was doing the research for this was, you know, we, we don't know about this guy, but he was he was a big draw. Um, so we just so Sean, we just got a a, a text from a, a listener here uh, listening to live stream. He said, "Do you think the mob put the girlfriend up to kill him? Was it all a setup?" And that's so I don't want you to give it away, but that's basically what this book kind of alludes to. I mean, there hmm. is a lot more to dig into this. It's uh, I mean, you got you got the mafia, transvestites, crossdressers. Right, like is that whole? You know, like, like, what part that, of it is it true? Like that's a whole, that's a whole issue of problems. And I'm, it's and like I'm, a Scooby, it's like a wicked Scooby Doo episode. And I, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give anything away. Um, I'm <laughs> sure, I'm sure Sean doesn't. Um, but yeah, Mark. So Mark is the one who asked the question. Polsky, uh, thank you very much for, uh, you know, for the question. No, sorry, I didn't read the book. Of course not. No, that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. So Mark, yeah. um, that, that's, uh, it's a great question, and and. Um, it's kind of what Sean dives into. Yeah, and then I should clarify now. We're talking. I've been talking about the kind of uh, the remnants of the Italian mob um, uh, who were in, involved in boxing, cropping up uh, in Tyrone's title fight. The Black Mafia, which forms part of the subtitle to the book, uh, they're a diff- completely different entity, as you might imagine, and. They're the ones um, that are relevant to uh, talk about Tyrone's, Tyrone's death. Um, and this is something that I think uh, the book adds to, uh, it's something new that the book adds to the Tyrone ever narrative. You know, it's either two things. You, you ask somebody who knows about Tyrone, about him, the, the response is, you know, okay, he was a talented lightweight fighter, but also, you know, um, you know, it's framed as that guy who was involved with um, that other man in bed, and 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 so that's kind of his legacy. You know, if you talk to people that who are familiar with Tyrone, mm-hmm. um, is his uh, supposed uh, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. No, no. I mean the the 
the thing is, um, the family adamantly, you know, as you might understand, denies. Yeah, I mean, he was Tyron was gay. Yeah, he was. And, he was a. He was a complete ladies' man. I mean, he had this this swagger about him. He was. Uh, and again, you know, like yeah. I said, whatever. Yeah. If that's what he, you know, if he was, he but was. You're also talking. But night in the 1970s in South Philadelphia as a black athlete. Yeah, he, even if you yeah, are gay, good, you you got to deny it. Well, yeah, but the thing was, you, he was you, a complete. You can't admit it that. I mean, lady, ladies would throw themselves at him. Well, you know, you, know? you got to cover up what you really are. Is that possible? Yes. Yeah, it is. sure. Who sure. knows? Who knows? Yeah. So Wait, it's a, it's a sensitive topic. It's a sensitive topic for the family, especially that has to deal with, you know, these insinuations, uh, whether they're true or not. Perhaps we'll never know, um, yeah. but. Um, that's that's his kind of legacy, you know, star-crossed boxer who may have been gay, who was messing around with uh, a cross-dresser who peddled drugs on the side. Yeah. Um, that's kind of, you know, uh, a fighter that some people thought, oh, he could have beaten Duran. I don't know if that's that's not what I'm saying. Some people who are <laughs> extremely partisan think they think that Tyrone could have been up there, you know, mm-hmm. a Hall of Fame fighter. Uh, but that's not what we think. That's not what we think. If you know anything about Tyrone, it's usually the other. It's the tabloid stuff. Um, like, I didn't look at any of that stuff. When I researched him, he had a nasty right hand. A nasty right hand. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he didn't like to get punched. Absolutely. You know, he, yes. he he was in it. Like, he was in it to, like, make money and get out. Yes. He, he was like, I don't I don't like boxing. But I like making money, and he, he yeah. was good at what he was doing. He didn't like getting hit. Yeah, like I'm going to make. But he's yeah. quick. I'm Klitschko gonna... made a, you know, <laughs> made a career been... of it. Yeah, right. Exactly. I'll make you bleed before you hit me. Yeah, and he and he had that swagger, right? And that was the other thing too that Sean mentions in his book is that, you know, uh, Tyrone had a had a swagger that didn't exactly fit with the South Philly persona. Right, that hard nosed right. blue collar. Right, he was more of a Muhammad Ali type of thing, like boom, boom. And I'm now going to talk shit on you. Yeah, you know, I'm going to yeah, hit yeah. you a few times and then dance around you. <laughs> um, that's just how Bernard Hopkins was. Yeah, like, that's, that's just that's like a, how Bernard Hopkins. That's yeah. actually a good point, Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, I think so. I mean, Hopkins was a, a little bit of a showboat, um, but it's funny because you think of you say that about Hopkins, but you think of Hopkins as blue collar. Mm-hmm. Well, he would punch the shit out of you. Yeah. yeah, like he would punch the piss out of you, right? But he was the same way. Yes. He would duck, you know. Yeah. So and he would he would jabber. So so Sean, I I gotta ask, um, when when you're doing this book, right, and you're and you're you know you're going through your research, which is an um an incredible amount of research you've done for this. I mean, there's so many people you interview. Uh, even the fact that you got to talk to McKendrick herself, which, which is after the fact, which is insane, but um. <laughs> Just in general, was there anybody that you tried to reach out to that really gave you a hard time and you tried and tried and, like, you know, I got to get this person and just it didn't work out? Like, was there anyone that, or, or someone that did even work out? Was there anybody you were scared to reach yeah, out to? Yeah, like, it just really gave you a hard time to uh, to get research for your book. Um, yeah, there were a few people. A um, few people who, who I was just unable to get on the record. A uh, few people who took, you know, took a bit more effort to to get anything of substance. Um, I, I, I guess there were uh, a few 
let's say people related to um, the uh, the black mafia that that were not exactly willing to speak to me. I can understand uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would. I'd almost be afraid to ask some of those guys. Like, but like still, he, still today, that neighborhood, so, that where that neighborhood where he was supposedly murdered. Like that neighborhood yeah. today, it's still that's a tough neighborhood. This this like is that's interesting. A rough, rough area. So so Sean, one of our listeners here, uh, Dave Peterson said his uncle uh, George Lavrover, a Philly Hall of Fame boxer, always said he would break our elbows if we ever got into boxing because it was such a dirty business and it was going to cost you your life. <laughs> that's wow, Dave, wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess like I I'd have a hard time asking my kid to get in. You know, yeah, go, yeah, go take some punches, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would also recommend a different line of business. Yeah, (laughs) only in America. So, uh, yeah, I I just want to transition a little bit, if we could. I mean, unless there's, is there much more that we want to? I mean, there. I I don't want to give. I don't want to give a lot of stuff away on the book because you got to read it. Buy the book. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I don't want to give too much away on the book because, like. Yeah, stop asking me questions, you fuck. Buy the book. No, but there's, so, <laughs> but there's so much, there's so much involved with the story of the of this of this book. Like there's so many different things that it, so many different branches that it takes. It's very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, I just want to, I just want to compliment before you get Mike gets to his question. Um, Sean, I just want to compliment you because when I started reading it, I was about halfway through and I forgot that I was reading a nonfiction book. Yeah, like that's a tough story. That's no, 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 but I forgot that I was reading a nonfiction book. I'm like, this this is like something that sounds like it's made up. Like and but but it more of a compliment to Sean is that he writes it in a way where you don't feel like you're reading a biography. It keeps you right? interested. Like yeah. you feel like you're reading an actual like an actual story being told to you. And and Sean, hats off to you. I know you have a lot of experience writing uh, you know, USA Today and so on. You did a phenomenal job with this book, and I just want to compliment you on that. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank uh, you very much. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, my question is, like, so I talked a little bit, you know, I made reference to Klitschko. I'm not even sure if Klitschko is still the heavyweight champion. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And that's a, he, that, he is not. He is not. He's okay. certainly not, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I know that he might even be kind of in the Army Thank fighting. Thank you, Jay Parr. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he said he's going to buy a, a, a copy of the book. So, yeah, he might actually even be um, fighting in the uh, with the Army, Ukraine Army right now, for all I know. But um, he was not somebody who liked to get hit, very tactical, um, just wasn't looking for a knockout, was just, um, just looking to, you know, outwit, outbox, had a – Longer reach than everybody he was just quick enough and did did enough to kind of keep his distance. But what it did is it seemed to make the sport boring. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in MMA and you bring in other things, and boxing's kind of not in its heyday anymore. And I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that because I know that you're still following it and still training. Like, what are your thoughts on it? What do you think could bring boxing back? Um, is there anybody that you think that's in the pipeline or somebody that's flashy like a like an Ali or a Tyson or, or somebody that's dynamic enough to kind of pull enough people in to make it more relevant? Wow. Um, 
Yeah, that's a perennial, that's a perennial question. Um, you know, it's a, it's a favorite of, you know, it seems like every year there, there's a column, you know, about boxing's dying and this and that. I, I don't know if boxing will ever, I mean, not even that I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure boxing will never get back to where it once was in the national uh, sporting consciousness. It, it just is not going to happen um, for the same reasons that maybe, you know, horse racing isn't um, a mainstream sport. And, you know, now they're saying baseball's dying. Um, so I've heard. The Phillies are um, dying right now. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're not doing too well right now. Um, yeah. There's a really good book called The Arc of Boxing uh, by a historian named Mike Silver. Mm. And uh, one of the premises of the book is boxing structurally is not the same that it used to be. And hence, it cannot be what it used to be. You know, mm. there are simply not enough. Just think about the grassroots. There's just not enough gyms anymore. There are not enough trainers. Mm. Uh, it's not as robust an industry as it used to be, say, in the 30s and 40s when you had every, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry, you know, fighting on the side. You know, they were busting on the, the ports of, I don't know, whatever city, and then they would go and fight. And, I mean, it was, it was just a larger, more dynamic ecosystem. And what you're seeing today is uh, the sport slowly losing bits and parts that used to be integral to it. And I don't know. Uh, you know, there will always be – I think boxing will always be – be here there, there's always going to be uh a notable name coming up you know mm -hmm. the sport right now has a guy named Javante davis who uh i think is probably you know the the biggest american name in the sport mm -hmm. um, he's selling out arenas um on both coasts it doesn't seem to matter where he goes um but in in the uh, in general, I just think the sport seems to be contracting, and um, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Got, sorry, I got... I, sorry, I don't have a more positive. No, no, no. I mean, it, it is. Honest. I agree. It is what it is. I mean, I was just, I was hoping that there would be, there'd be something that you know had a chance to bring it back. I mean, you know, I, I'll never, for, you know, I was too young for Ali, but I'll never forget Tyson. I'll never forget yeah. like the, the gatherings for, it was an mm. event. Yeah. It was a Super Bowl. Yeah. Tyson's fight. Somebody would rent it on pay-per-view, spend $150 and invite, you know, 20 people over to their house. It was like the Super Bowl. I mean, you never know. You never know. Yeah. You never know though. I mean, there could always be a comeback. Uh, you know, I, for one, honestly, I, I can't really get into the – like, we, and we have a guest who comes on every once in a while, talks about the UFC, uh, you know, a good friend who, who really studies this sport and everything. I can't get into it. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is. There's just something about it. But boxing, to me, like, always seemed more pure. It seems like more of like a, 
it, it, it's almost like more of an art. Like I get that yes. there's more. I get that there's more on involved and more. Yeah. But there's like it's you're limited, which makes it more of an art. You're, right. Yeah. There's there's only three four rounds. It's just a lot. Like it's oh in UFC in yeah, UFC, yeah, yeah. but in boxing it's a it's more of a marathon. It's like yeah. it's like watching like the fifty yard dash versus like a two hundred yard hurdle or something. It's yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of boxing I enjoyed the boxing. Most well, and sport. you know what's interesting though, Sean. Bo- Sean boxing I, is more crooked than any sport out there. But Sean brings that up, like in his book, he brings that up. So back in the, you know '60s, right? Yeah, boxing's just skyrocketing. Sure. And again, I, you know, I'm not I'm not giving anything away here, but it's just you know, it's stats. It's what it is. And then you start to see like the decline, like because of things that it, that happen. Um, boxing just starts taking those. Well, dives. sure. I mean, if 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 it's if people think that things are fixed and everything, there it, it's going to lose its. Well, there's other you know there's other reasons behind it, but like with Tyron Everett though, all of a sudden that interest peaks up. Yeah. Right. You know, peaks up. You got this young fighter from South Philly who's taking you know taking you know the East Coast by storm, and is challenging everybody and he's talking a lot of smack and yeah. people are interested. Hey, guess what? Boxing's back on the map in Philly again, right? And you know, and you're selling up the spectrum and stuff like that. So, um, uh, oh, there was another question I wanted to ask you. Uh, uh, well, while you're thinking yeah, of it, then ahead. I'll ask. So, yeah, yeah. you're talking about, um, <laughs> you know, Tyrone being a um, taking Philly by storm, and, mm-hmm. and you know, I know that you know Hopkins. We talked about Hopkins as a great Philly fighter. Uh, Danny Garcia is has mm. you know. Was good and really kind of arced. I yeah. think he's probably a little bit more he's on the done. downside he's now. Done. He is done now. Yeah. Um, but who's who's the next big Philly fighter, or is there anybody really now that you know Philly can hang their hats on? Because Philly's always been known as a a boxing town. You're looking at him right here. You're <laughs> you're way too old. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, there's a guy who just fought in Atlantic City last Saturday. Named Jerron Ennis, and okay. a lot of people think he's um, not only the the top Philly fighter at the moment, but they think he's going to be the next guy uh, to really to really emerge as like a star in the sport. Is he a heavyweight? No, he's the welterweight. So he's okay. in that division. Um, that Mayweather fought for a long time, and um, which honestly current. might be a more interesting weight class anyway. These yeah, days, it's it's right? interesting. Like you, I know that heavyweights. You put a heavyweight against a welterweight, a heavyweight's going to win just because of pure the pure power. Pure power. Yeah. but it's slower, right? Right. It's like, it's yeah. yeah, it, yeah it's yeah. definitely slower. It's definitely, um, which is kind of where I was also going to go. Is like. You know, I guess who's your favorite heavyweight, and then who's your favorite, or like who's your who do you think was the best heavyweight, and then I guess other than that, who's your who's the best pure boxer? Is it Mayweather? Is Mayweather the best pure boxer that's ever boxed? Are you asking Sean that question? Because that's a that's a good that's question. actually a really good question. Yeah, really good question. that's a loaded question. We're putting you on the spot, Sean. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you know, you're following it. I mean, that's yeah. Um, <laughs> I. I that's I a, mean, it's, great it's. I'm not sure. I wouldn't say. I mean, I think Mayweather certainly in the past 20, 30 years, you can say that definitively. 
Um, but, uh, you know, the sport's been around, like, like I was saying, the sport was actually more robust, mm-hmm. you know, like in the forties and thirties. And, um, you know, there, there's like a faction of people who think, you know, anybody from that era is basically, you know, uh, just cannon fodder if they fought anybody from today. Um, you know, but I don't think that's exactly true. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I might have to, I might have to uh, plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> no, I mean that's that's interesting because I mean that's that's a tough one. That's really well. Tough. You know, it's it's like it's the same thing as like asking everybody who's who's the best basketball player. Everybody goes Jordan, but everybody's talking about what would Wilt and Russell do in this era. Yeah, they wouldn't be as good. And then the other people are like, oh my god, they would be just as dominant. Yeah. Are you kidding me? If they had a three point line, do you know what they would be doing? Like. It's it's that same mentality of like everybody's talking about the uber athletic people now yeah. and, and everything, but are they not given enough credit to to some of the guys that well, paved the I, way? I saw something recently. I saw you know, it's interesting you point that out because now we're talking about basketball. But <laughs> you know, look at look at two of the top five players today: Luka Doncic and uh, Nikola Jokic. I mean, these guys if you see him do. Um, there was like I saw this video of Luca doing drills. He looked like an old man. He's going from cone to cone, and it looked like he was hobbled. Mm-hmm. He's not the most most athletic guy, but yeah. he's going to hang thirty eight on you. And yeah. and and so I've heard people, you know, you know, um, take that as you know, kind of a, you know. I guess like a referendum on on a guy like Larry Bird. Like you, you think Larry Bird would have trouble if you know you know maybe he's limited athletically, but mm-hmm. um, he's gonna shoot the lights. You could out. probably do this exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's yeah, that's a good point. I mean, like I, I watched I watched the finals and I watched well, Jokic, and I'm like, well, well, same thing with Mayweather, right? Mayweather hung in the corner, hung in the corner, but yet he's revered as one of the greatest of this era, right? Yeah. But you're like, you watch him, and you're like, what was so impressive about what he just did? Well, he never got hit. Yeah, like the guy never took a, a a hard punch. Like he just knew he was so smart, right? So there's different. He was so he was smart yeah. and he was quick. Um. So so Mark, I'm sorry, Mark Polsky brought up a great thing. I I don't want to I don't want to forget this because this was a really good uh, comment by him. He said boxing back then brought heroes to the limelight when jobs and economic worries were the biggest issues. Boxing heroes were something that people could look up to and forget about their worries when they were going to, you know, watch boxing masters. He's 100% right there, Especially I think. in the 70s in Philadelphia. Absolutely, right? And I think, I think this book kind of captures that feeling because, you know, it, it's South Philly. You know, obviously Philly has always been a blue-collar blue area, but, like, especially South Philly. And you got this kid from that area who comes up just punching the piss out of people. Yeah, he's, he's taking on everybody. You know, he he lost a few fights here and there, yeah. but, but nothing nothing horrible. I mean, it wasn't like he took a beating and was like, oh, man, he's going to retire. There was some doubts here yeah. and there, but he came back and come back strong. That's what gave people um, gave people a reprise and, like, you know, let's go. Like, like, we're back, you know. And then Rocky came out, so there was another question, too. Someone else, I think it was actually Mark who asked that. So, Sean, were you a fan of the Rocky movie? And do you think that movie had an influence on those fighters around that time? <laughs> Am I a fan of the Rocky movies? Um, 
Not really. Thank you. Wow. Oh, Thank you. Yes. No, stop. Yes. What Nothing against mean, not really. Sly Stallone or those guys, but no, I was never. Um, Thank you. I was never. A, I could never call myself a fan. I'm sorry. Was You're, it? Was it just too? To Hollywood for you as a boxing fan? No, I, all I know is that Sean and I are going to have some beers. That's all I know because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sean, like, he's been waiting. Sean over Aren't here on cool. this side so. has been waiting for for years for just one glimmer of one person to actually agree with him that Rocky was. Well, wait a minute. What, uh, Sean, yeah. you're from Philadelphia. Yeah, yes, I am. Sean. Nam, are you from Philadelphia? He's from Brooklyn, right? You're from I, Brooklyn? I am not. Uh, well, I live in Brooklyn, yes. Okay. So he gets an excuse. Because <laughs> to hate Rockies, un-Philadelphian. I that, also that's hate. That's un-Philadelphian. But, but, uh-huh. but Rocky was based on real boxers, and, and there's this whole notion that, you know, by giving Rocky a fictionalized character so much credit, you're doing a disservice to the real kind of boxers who, who, who made that city and – Yep. And came up, and you know, you got Joe Frazier, you know, and anyway, like, why, why is Rocky in front of art museum, but Joe Frazier's statue isn't? Right? That, that's my, like, that's I my. I mean, own. that's yeah. Like, I mean, right. you guys, I should be asking you that. Right. I, mean, I, I that's. Uh, uh, don't get Polsky. <laughs> I know. Thanks, Mark. And then uh, there, there was a couple other questions here. Uh, uh, Dave Peterson said, "I live on the other side of the state. How can I get a copy of that book?" Um, well, it, a couple of ways. I mean, the book can be ordered, uh, through any bookstore. Okay. Uh, you can also just get it on Amazon. If that's, uh, if you use Amazon, that's a real, real easy way. Um, but if you live near a local bookstore, uh, if you live near a Barnes and Noble, you can order the book through them as well. Yeah, I see a uh, Lifetime movie. <laughs> I know there are a couple of stores in Philadelphia that have the book. Um, I'm afraid I, I don't. I, I'm no, forgetting he said, the he said, he said Amazon's good. And I had another comment. I, I, I guess think, it is. I, I mean, I haven't read the book, but it sounds like it could be made into a movie or a I series. I was just going to say that Phil Mikowski had a question. Um, just give actually, me your credit card number. I'll order it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Put it right on the thread. Um Phil Mikowski had a question. Uh, he, he said, "Is it a?" And he said, "In all seriousness, is this book available in audiobook?" Um, n- no, it's not. I've okay. had a couple of queries about an audiobook, but um, no, there is no audiobook version, at least at the moment. I'll do it for you. You want me to do it for you? <laughs> I'll record it. Yeah, this, 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 I mean, this book, this story could be a movie. I could we'll work something out. I could do that for you. Add a little sound. No, I don't know. I don't know how this audiobooks go, but yeah, I mean, do they have music in the background? Probably not. But whatever it is, I'll I'll figure something out. I'll have the Rocky theme going in the background the whole for three hours as I'm reading a book. There you go. No, but seriously, like if you need, like if you're in a pinch, man, and you and, you, and you're starting to get, you know, because like Morgan Freeman's not available, I'm your second choice. <laughs> I think James Earl Jones is ahead of you. And, hey, yeah, hey, everybody, isn't he dead? No, he's no! not. dead. James Earl Jones is not dead. No, he shouldn't. <laughs> What do, you, what do you mean? Yes, don't. St- He's older than dirt, Mike. We got guests. Right oh, now. this is great. <laughs> they had his time. Dave, Dave Peterson said, "Get st- you're old as dirt. You've had your time too." Dave, Dave Peterson said, "Get Sylvester Stallone to do the audio." <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Hey, uh, welcome to Federal Street, y'all. Yeah, but it's going to take six hours for him to read the book because he doesn't know how to read. All right, moving on. <laughs> yes, he does. Sean, this is welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is the way that it goes now. <laughs> this is the way it normally goes. Uh, Sean, what's your go-to drink, brother? Oh, there you go. If you drink, Sean. What's my go-to? Um, I don't know if I really have one. I mean, I guess a good... Uh, uh, You're a whiskey guy? You know, I, I do like whiskey. You know, I, I, I'm not... I haven't been dr- drinking whiskey in a while, but um, I do like whiskey. I usually, you know, beer, okay. beer, some wine. Nice. Any favorite um, like beer or like are are you a craft guy or are you just like a? I know. do, but I'm not like you know. I don't really you know. I pick whatever I whatever's available. Okay. I see in front of me. You know, I I like you know Budweiser, really cold Budweiser. I like um, whatever's cold. Yeah, whatever's cold. Yeah, man. it's got to be. It's got to be. Well, yeah, it's got to be ice cold. Budweiser, Budweiser has to be ice cold. That's like the only way I'll drink it. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really particular. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Sean, what what if I read in audiobook fashion as Harry Callis, the great Phillies broadcaster? Oh. Tyrone Everett was born on April 18th, 1953. Is out of here. What do you think? Was that would that work or no? That's fine. Um, if if Tyler. that if that is something that Philly <laughs> listeners will respond to. By all means, if that promotes <laughs> sales, then do it. I just got, a, I just got a text. Oh my God, no! Tyrone <laughs> 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 Everett, young boxer, coming up now. <laughs> there's, there's no way you'd be able to pull that off for the full book. Yes, I could. It'd be take increments, but I could do that. Don't challenge me. Are you going to challenge me? Yeah. I'm going to do it just for fun and send it to Sean and be like, I'm not using this. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing. What am I supposed to do with this? This is four hours of nonsense. This is hell. <laughs> he had cross dressers in his room. <laughs> he was shot in the back I... of his head. Uh, but um, now, but Sean, on oh, no, <laughs> all serious, I know it's hard to combat the seriousness, <laughs> but murder on Federal Street, Tyrone Everett, the Black Mafia, fixed fights, and the last golden age of Philadelphia boxing. I uh, I was oop, I had a great time reading the book uh, over the last few weeks, and thank you uh, by the way for sending this, sending me a copy of the uh, of course of and course. your autograph too. Oh, yeah. nice! Yeah, it was awesome. I appreciate that, and um, and of course I want to thank you so much for for joining us tonight on the show. And uh, you know, I know I know you're uh, you got a lot going on, and and um, but I really appreciate it, man. This this was really fun and and, and you know entertaining and. And hopefully for all the listeners, um, educational. And hopefully they can go out and get your book and, and read it and, and learn more about Tyrone Everett, a, a Philadelphia boxer who probably should have been a legend. Well, he's a legend. So Yeah, that's the big question. Uh, um, you know, that's why it makes uh, the story that much more tragic, I think. Because um, yeah. he had the potential to do some special things. Um but uh, we'll never really know. Yeah, and by the way, I'm not giving anything away. I love the way you ended the book. By mm. the way, I love the way you ended the book. I was like, 
wait, what? <laughs> I was like, wait, wait. So I'm just, I'm just saying that. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, you, you, you did a great job, man. And um, oh, and uh, one more question. Was it the yes. hard? Was it? Was you said it, that ten questions ago. Did, I know. <laughs> was it the? Because we we've talked to uh, you know we've been doing the show for eight years. We've Congratulations. Had, We've had thank you. We've we've had authors, writers, former athletes. Uh, Lenny Dykstra, former Philadelphia Philly, New York Met, right? He wrote a book. He said it was the hardest thing he had ever done in his life was writing a book. Would would you agree with that, or or do you think it can kind of came easy to you? I wouldn't say it was easy. Oh wow! Awesome. Okay. Um, okay. I don't think. I mean, I I think anybody who kind of writes seriously. Hmm. takes uh the craft seriously will never tell you it's easy uh even the guys who were good um i don't know if i'm any good but it certainly was not easy was it the hardest thing um probably not but it's a lot of work and um i had a lot of help um sorry i can't take all the credit but um i would say somewhere in between um getting started can be the the toughest thing for a lot of writers. I know it was for me, um, but, uh, you know, at some point I kind of found a groove and, you know, um, I got it done, I guess. The reason why I ask you, um, it's been an idea that's been kicking around in my head for about a year and a half. Uh, this week I've had a conversation and I am, uh, I might be starting a book. Oh, really? Yes. All right. Yeah. So Congratulations. I, thank you. What the you. fuck are you going to write about? You, your life. <laughs> no, I know. I got, I got something in mind. Uh, I'm keeping it close to the vest. And, Damn, I've uh, never heard this. I, I know. I never told you. I, I, I know. So I, I'm telling the world now, apparently. <laughs> so um, Now I'm, you have to do it. Yeah. yeah, I think I have to. No, it's not going to be a short story, Mark. All right. No. Uh, no. 500 pages of bullshit. Uh, Mark had a question. How long did all the research take? That's a good question, Mark. Sorry, um, Sean. I know you're trying to get going. And these idiots. No, no, no. Um, the well, the the research. Um, let me see. The whole thing took close to two years, in, including the writing, um, and the and the interviewing and the research. Yeah, I would say about two years. It really wow. helped. I mean that's that, that's honestly know, that, pretty pretty quick. Yeah. Like well, that, you know, you know what you know what it was. Uh, the bulk of this got done that first pandemic lockdown. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. So that was really kind of a blessing in disguise. Okay. Um, you know, uh, would it have taken longer if we didn't have that kind of you know uh, downtime? <laughs> yeah. yeah, global breakdown in yeah. societal norms. Yeah. Uh, pro- yeah, probably, but um, it, it helped to just you know, uh, not. It helped to just kind of focus. I would say. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, dude. I, Absolutely. Sean, thank you so much, man. We we really appreciate you taking the time and coming out and. Uh, Oh, uh, before we let you go, if you don't mind uh, telling the listeners where they can find your stuff and, and, you know, if they want to follow you on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, please, please, here's your time to plug away, man. Yeah, well, you can. So I, I cover the sport mainly for a site at the moment called BoxingScene.com. Um, 
good fun. I, I write there regularly. Um, it's has nothing. Uh, it, it only covers boxing. So um, uh, unless you're interested in other sports, yeah. Um, the, I also have a Twitter. I don't have any other social media except Twitter, which is Sean, and then it's P A S B O N. Um, I believe that's it. <laughs> cool. All right. Awesome. Well, we. But uh, thank you guys. I, I appreciate you. Um, and this was a lot of fun. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time out, man. We appreciate it. And uh, you know, hope, hopefully, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, you Sean. Take care. All right. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Awesome. That was fun, man. That was fun. Sean, um, joining the show tonight. That was cool, man. So it was hard because uh, a lot of uh, cool comments. Thank you, Sean. Going on Amazon after the show to order the book. Thanks, Sean, from Mark. Um. Yeah, it's hard because I don't I don't want to give too much away. Right. There's a lot of branches to this story and you can tell he had a hard time. You know, I'm not going to say he's had a hard time, but he wanted to get into detail with But he didn't oh, want to give this, it away this. either. You don't want to give it away because right. there's a lot. And again, like I was halfway through the book going is it was was it a hard read because it went no. in so many different no, ways? No, 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 no. Were you no, able? To, no. You were able to kind of keep up with every, yeah, you, like all the different. So, things so a couple times I had to like wait. Who's this? Oh, that's his manager. Oh, who's this? Oh, this this is so and so. But he describes him like this person is gotcha. this. And okay. This. So there, there's a lot of people involved. Yes, it's not fucking. Uh, uh, what's that goddamn show that everyone was into that on HBO? I couldn't fucking. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. It's not Game of Thrones. Like it's not like there's yeah. eight thousand houses and you know seventeen thousand people. That was hard to like. I liked it, but that was hard to kind of. Yeah, it's not like out. that. Are there cliff notes? You don't need cliff notes, Mark. You'll be all right. Yeah, it's seven dragons. Yeah, there, there's nothing like that. But it's it's um he he like I said I can't, like I generally meant generally meant that meant that compliment. It starts off and you're like. That's right. This this is a real. By story. the way, Ashley Sullivan, she can get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you start reading, it and you're like, "Oh, she looks good in blue." You're like, "Oh, wait, this is a this is a real story." Because yeah, he writes it. He writes it in a certain way where you're like, it feels like a, you're reading a crime novel. Yeah, he does a nice job, and, and it awesome. goes to the career of Tyrone Everett, and then goes to the day that things happen. Yeah, did you get a chance to read it? Or you just did some research on. No, that? he didn't. He he. I just, I just, I just finished it. Sean about it. Okay. Yeah, I just finished a book. I mean, two weeks ago, I didn't get a chance. Uh, Polsky said, "Can I read it to him the next time he is over?" It'll sure, be a bedtime sure, story. Sure, will. It's going as Peltz tells it. He was destined for boxing. By the time of his bar mitzvah, he had memorized all the boxing encyclopedias he could his hands on. How's that sound? Sounds so good. All right, Sean Nam, thank you very much. All right. By the way, sponsored tonight by Brown. Town barbecue. Nice. If you have uh, catering, it's summertime. If you're in town, smell the brown. That's right. If you're in the tri-state area, Philadelphia, Delaware, New Jersey, whatever, uh, hit them up. Find them on Facebook. Hit up Brown Town Barbecue. Hit up our page. You'll see advertisements all over our Labor page. Labor Day's coming up. Labor Day's coming, right? Another month. Football season's coming. You got a big football season 
kickoff thing fantasy going football on. Draft, yeah, yeah, fantasy football draft. Oh, yeah. there you go. Fantasy football. Oh. oh. <laughs> Dude, I might have. Oh, man. You might have just, you might have just done something to me. I was going to make burgers and hot dogs. Now Sean's going to cater to the event. I was going to do. Now our fee just went up another 50 fucking dollars. I was going to do burgers <laughs> and hot dogs. I might have to do Browntown Barbecue for my fantasy football draft. You should too. Yeah, you say that, but. Browntown but, Barbecue, hit them up. But an arm, you, you, you don't want an armadillo? By the way, by the way, okay, I didn't tell you, you're in my fantasy league this year. Yes. Uh, everyone that comes has to pay a little fee towards the uh, food, by the way. So. What the fuck? What do you think? I'm paying for it all? Oh, well, you should. You're hosting, you fuck. I came in last place last year. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, so uh, I'll give you six dollars. Hit him up, Browntown Barbecue. All right, so uh, Phillies. Uh, before we move on to Phillies, because we got other, we got a lot of stuff going on. Um, before we move on to the Phillies, uh, they made a big call up this week, and like it kind of went under the radar. Uh, it went under the radar, and I, I don't think it should. But Yo, uh, Johan Rojas was called up. He's the sixth number one, uh, sixth number one, sixth prospect in the Philadelphia Phillies organization. He's been hitting 306, has nine home runs, has 30 stolen bases. He's only 22 years old, and he's now playing in the major leagues. Johan Rojas, remember that name. So the reason being that it's important is because Bryce Harper's probably going to be Probably going to be playing first base this weekend against the Padres. Well, something's got to give because Hall blows. Schwerber is going to be playing DH. Left field's going to be open. Yeah. Right. Rojas. No, left, Mike. Who's <laughs> <laughs> on first? That's where we we squeeze in Juan Soto. Who? What? Where? What's on second? Juan Soto. Who's on? No. No, Juan he's Soto. He's on third. No, Juan Soto. No, he's on third. No, no, he's not. Juan Soto. He's on first. No, he's cutting the grass. What? Juan? Yeah, he's cutting the grass. Oh, he's, he's in the infield. Yeah, he's cutting the grass. <laughs> <laughs> he's using the John Deere. If we get into Flyers hockey, I, I found an interesting article. Yeah, we'll get into that too. Um, and it's about the it, – it gives a rundown of all the Flyers goaltenders. Oh, Really? Yeah. Uh, that'd be fun. Yeah, we, we got to talk about that tonight for sure. All right, so that's all I had on the Phillies. Um, they're starting the second half, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, <laughs> before we move on to a subject, I got to write this down. All right, so apparently, I got to make sure this is right. Oh, and by the way, on cornerpostsports.net, there's a new shirt. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> Ricky! Run, Ricky! Ricky Baker in love and memory. What you hit me for? Boys in the hood. We got a boys in the hood shirt on the cornerpostsports.net. What is wrong with us? Because because nothing. Fucking animal bled over his mom's fucking couch. <laughs> Thank God she had the plastic covers on. Because because we we equate very well to boys in the hood. Yeah, like we we're, do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so just needed to get some cornmeal. He ends up dead. There is a hotline, guys. I'm, bring, I'm breaking this out right now. There is a hotline called Colin Oates. You, I think you texted us about this. That yeah, only yeah. plays Hall and Oates songs when you call. Ball and Scroats. It's 719-26-Oates. <laughs> call it. I'm going to find out right now while we're on the air if it's real or not. 
ball and screw. Dude, if it's real, I'm gonna fucking die. All right, seven one nine. Two, eight, three, seven. Here we go. We're live. Let's see. It's Colorado Springs. Welcome to Color Notes, your emergency hall and oats helpline. To hear one on one, please press one. To hear rich girl, please press two. It's a pitch, to hear man eater, please press three. <laughs> to hear privatize, please press Uh-oh. four. That's four. Wait, wait, I want to hear the rest. Yeah. Is this going to be a we play out? We got to <laughs> play Dude, that's fucking hysterical. What happens at the end of it? I don't know. We got a clap, though. Uh, so we got that playing in the background. It's super loud. <laughs> this is fucking hysterical. Dude, I can't believe that Paulski's like, get the fuck out of here. This is real. <laughs> that is calling Oats, your emergency hotline. That's hilarious. Uh, Mark it down the 108. Oh, I got yeah. it. All right, guys, here we go. Private. <laughs> All right, so. See, it's all right now, but towards the end, all you do is clap like every like five right, seconds. Enough of that. Jesus Between Christ. Between her thighs, I scrub the glue. glue. <laughs> that's fantastic. Dude, oh, my, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Where do you find this fucking shit? I don't know. Uh, by the way, did you guys know why Barbie can't get pregnant? She's a pig. That's why. No, because Ken comes in a different box. Oh, Fuck me in my ass, man. Shit. All right, uh, we're gonna get to a. We're gonna get to a. Uh, actually, was pretty funny. We're gonna get to a. Uh, How come he can't play chess in England? Why they don't have a queen? <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Oh, that's pretty good. Guys, up. we're gonna we're gonna have. Uh, <laughs> Polsky's dying. And this is why the aliens don't want to visit us for coffee. <laughs> this is uh, Peterson. Seeming swallowing cocksucker. Oh, all shit. The week. And this is why. You cocksucker. I'll punch you in the mouth. This is going to be fun. Debo. Samuel is oh, my boy. SSCS of the week, which leads to other things. Debo Samuel hung up on Zach Gelb this week. So he called up the Zach Gelb show, uh, wanted to talk to him. Like he's still butthurt. You know, did the whole thing. Zach Gelb's like, uh, you know, look, why don't we, uh, you know, why don't we talk about this, um, you know, the, the, the Eagles. Uh, Debo doesn't want to talk about that. Debo Samuel hung up on him. Hung up. So that sprung. I uh, wish we had Debo Samuel's phone number. Yeah, right. That hung, that, that sprung. Um. One of our contributors, Pat, to write an article about how much how much the San Francisco players are still butthurt over the loss against the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. That article has blown up, okay, on our website, cornerpostsports.net. It has completely blown up. That's awesome. Like, I think over the – I'm not exaggerating. God, I'll show you the stats. Over the last, like, three weeks – our our website has hit like two hundred like two point seven million people. We've hit, yeah, we've had a couple that have just it's been nuts. Fire. It's been yeah. nuts. Like the, the Sean Jackson thing went nuts. This article went crazy. People are going nuts on our Facebook page. 
uh, especially uh, mainly on the Facebook page. A lot of San Francisco fans. Fuck them fucking guys. San Francisco 40 Winer fans are coming on our page and, you know, bashing. Oh, you guys, you know, you, you're bitching about that, but you're bitch, still bitching about the field. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit that one right, up, right off the bat. We're not really bitching. Like, we've. Had the, we had haven't talked about it. We haven't talked about it in months, and then all of a sudden, there's a report that comes right. out that like go surf the NFL says shark, you fucks. Right after you the fucking game, jet bags. Right after the game, James Bradbury, right, said it's not the field. If 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 we were bitching about anything, we should still be bitching about the missed pass interference or the bullshit pass interference. Well, no, he he's the one, right? That, that was the main that was the main call, right? Bradbury was like, nah, I, I hold, right. Immediately, right yeah. after the game, I held him. After the game, the, the, ball was the players were like, though. "Eh, yeah, the field kind of sucked, but it's we both." Pe- but wait a minute, the players like, "But we both played on it." You're in the Super Bowl. If you're holding and you don't get caught, then it's not a penalty. So it's a well, chance he needed to take. He got he got caught. Right, right? he got caught, and he and he's like, "Hey, yeah, uh, but you know what? That ball was uncatchable. That 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 should not have been." Well, called. he shouldn't have held him then. You know what I mean? But you know. it is what it is, right? All like, right. Well, anyway, moving on. Great, great. Lost by three points. My argument. My argument. Is that the, that play should never that game should never came down to that play anyway? Like like you allowed them to come up oh, and down yeah. the field. Like you couldn't get Wait, a pass rush on yeah. on, on Mahomes. That's because Andy Reid adjusted and and the cocksucker right. defensive coordinator didn't. Any logical sports fan will would would say what you just said, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of taking your heart and sleeve, oh the field the field is the reason That's why we lost. To do with the the field. field's not why we like both teams played on the field. Yes, right. The players took that same approach. Yes. Now, because both teams bitched about the fact that that field sucked, both teams bitched. Granted, the Eagles' biggest threat on defense was their pass rush, and you neutralize that. Right. Right? You, but it doesn't matter. You, you should have found a way to get to them. Jonathan Gannon's a piece of shit in the story. I blame Jonathan Gannon more than I blame the field. Yes. He didn't adjust. Would you agree with that? Like, Jonathan Gannon didn't adjust at all. Right. Like, find I ways think they got, to – I think they got outclassed. I think they got outclassed and outcoached. They mm-hmm. came out on fire and punched KC in the mouth, mm-hmm. and then they had no answer when KC adjusted. 100%. They, because there, there was a difference in coaching. You're, you're hoping that Sirianni um, takes that as a learning experience and that, you know, we, we know what happened with Andy Reid when he played in – you know, the first couple of Super Bowls. But, I mean, even Howie Roseman, he's seen it. Like, he let players go, and he made adjustments. How did you lose that many players, and you're better? Well, I mean, like he didn't. On paper, you're better. He didn't see it. He he, um, he um, had to let, like, financially, he had to let the players go. I don't think that there was anybody. But, yeah, I mean, he, he did a great job of restocking mm-hmm. and putting them in a position which – doesn't happen very often. But, but you know, but all things considered, yeah, you're 100% right. But when you look at the whole situation, I can't believe we're still talking about this seven months later. But, and i got to be honest, like, I, I don't know, maybe because I had a lot of things going on in my life personally at, at that time. I still think the 2002 championship game takes precedence over that as a March loss. I know we were right there for a Super Bowl. Maybe it's I thought we had a better chance on this one. Pr- true. True. But. I think the fact maybe that it's we, had we won just won, won a couple yeah. years ago, maybe that makes a difference. Yeah, because at the time we had never seen a Super Bowl yeah, in, our, exactly. in our lifetime, right? Yeah. So maybe that makes things a little easier, quote unquote. You know. So yeah, 
Um, but, you know, I, I know certain people, like Pat, really took this hard. I know Ryan took it hard. Yeah. Uh, big time. You know, he had a hard time coming over. He, he, I think he said this is worse to him than 2002. No. Uh, no but, I mean, this was still shitty. It was still shitty the way things turned out. But you saw it coming. That was the other thing, though. You felt it coming. Halftime, you felt good. And then when they came out right off of halftime and scored. Hurts dropped the ball. That's when I said, like, oh. That was early in the game, though. But still, I was just like, oh. Well, they, Jalen Hurts completely redeemed himself after that. So, people, that's the other thing, too. Like, people are still bad. Oh, well, he fumbled in the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts scored a touchdown and then went for two and got it. At the end of the game, to bring them back and bring them within three, right? Like, he, he willed himself in that game. Like, he, he had one of the greatest performances by a quarterback in a Super Bowl of all time. Yeah, now, what, like, okay. Get the fuck out of here with that, that fumble. Yeah, I, I agree. My, my only thing about, and it's not even the fumble, it's the ball slipped out of his hand. The ball bounced in a way that allowed. <laughs> Polsky said Ryan's always hard. That allowed KC to pick it up and score, like. The way that the ball bounces, it sucked. yeah. The, like the the difference in the game is yeah. is the bounce of a ball. Like it's it's always been, you know, there's always a player two in a game that changes a game, right? And that was one of the plays. What if he doesn't turn that way? What if he turns a split second? What if earlier? he goes out of bounds? What if he goes out of bounds? Yeah. What if the ball trickles out of bounds? What if the ball bounces back to him yeah. or bounces away to where an eagle falls on it? Yeah. And then you're like, there's so. Yeah. We're kind of backtracking a bit. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Bit. So we got to but, the But it's the truth. Right. What we just said, we just named a bunch of other things aside from the field, okay? We, as fans, aren't blaming the field. We're blaming other and things. You know, what we're, you know what else we're not doing? Both teams played on the field. Well, you know what else we're not doing? We're what, not what's saying... That, what's that, Mike? What's we're that? not saying that KC didn't deserve it. We're not saying that they're, they're, they're a, a, a shit team or that we... They didn't – that we should have beat them or, like – Nobody. I never heard anybody say that, oh, if the field was, was better, we would have beat them. No, I, the maybe better, maybe, the maybe we won. did. Maybe it was. Maybe we won. do. But, maybe, no, I never heard anyone say that. I mean, I think that the, if the field was now, better. But, true, yes. But I'm, but, I, but I'm not sitting here saying, oh, we would have beat them by double digits or, oh, this and that. Yeah. Like, I'm not – We put 31 on that fucking defense. Yeah. 35. Or 35? It was 35? It was 30, it was 35. The, was final the final was 38-35. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. The, the NFC Championship game. Oh. It was 31-7? That's the final? Yeah. 31-7. Yeah. We put 31 I you were talking on about that vaunted defense. The quarterback, last time I checked, doesn't play defense. Last yeah. time I checked, doesn't play, he doesn't play defense. Now, I know that there were a couple turnovers that led to some points and stuff I, like that. I saw I one guy go, oh, you guys, were, you guys were only up 14-7 in the first quarter. So why? Uh, uh, last time I checked, most most games, the team that's winning the ever. No, 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 no. Most games that have ever been played ever in the history of sports are usually close in the in the beginning of the game. It's usually, hard. It's usually, hard to right? blow a team out. Yeah, is it? It was going to be thirty-one nothing in the first quarter. Is 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 that is that what's supposed to happen there? Right. It, it's four, It was only fourteen-seven in the first quarter. Right, we already put two touchdowns on your fucking defense Their problem in the is first the quarter. Entire, the entire season, everybody talked about how they played a weak ass schedule. That they talked about team. it, right? Right, and I'm getting to that. They talked about how dominant their defense is. 
Nobody ever gave the Eagles respect for how dominant their defense was. They led the league our in sacks. De- our defense came in there, and they set the tone for that game. No credits given to Hassan Raddick for right. knocking Purdy Absolutely. out of the game, right? fucking Luli. So, first of all, I think Purdy, I got to be honest with you. First, let me just, 49ers fans, let me just tell you right now. Brock Purdy, your savior, isn't going to last 17 games this year. I'm going to say about nine games in. At he's, the he's their most, day, he's their day one starter. At the most, he will not be starting after. He's week, not the second coming of Tom Brady. After week nine, at the most, he will not be your starter. They're going to not because him out. he's going to suck ass because the league has a book out on him. Where's he going to get hurt? One of the two. Now, getting hurt things kind of, eh, that can happen to anybody. Right. I'm more on the he's not good. He's a he he dude. No one had a book on the guy. Everyone knows how he plays now. Don't give me this other Tom Brady thing. It's not going to happen. Yeah, he, he's not. He's like, no Nick Foles. He's <laughs> oh god. <laughs> All joking aside, by week nine, actually, you know what? He's Nick, gone. Nick Foles Trey Lance is first, back in. Nick Foles' first season, you know, when he came in and lit it up a little bit, isn't a bad comparison for Brock Purdy. That's actually not bad. That's actually not bad. So maybe he is Nick Foles. No, he's not. But he didn't put up twenty-seven to two no. either. You know what I mean? You know, Nick Foles did that. Yes, he did. Nick Foles threw seven touchdowns in the game. Brock yes. Purdy never did that. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy also had Christian McCaffrey, you know. Yeah. By the way, Christian McCaffrey's another one. That cocksucker has been healthy for one year in his entire career. You really expect Christian McCaffrey to be ready by December 3rd when the Eagles play them again? He's not going to be on the field. He's going to be on the he's IR hurt. again. He's, he's hurt again. IR again. He's hurt again? He will be. Yeah, he actually did. He got hurt doing uh doing mini camps. Yeah, he got hurt again. No, I'm kidding? I'm kidding. He probably did though. He probably did. Yeah, he broke his thumbnail. Dude, 49ers fans a week. Bottom line, you guys are the softest fan base I've ever like. I thought Vikings fans were soft. Holy shit, you guys took the cake. Yeah. I, I that we're seven months. From the, your head coach, when the schedule came out, oh, uh, oh December, th- I can't wait to. P- that was the first thing you went to, Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, boy genius, went right to December third. We're gonna get a revenge. Oh, I hope that's your fucking Super Bowl. Like, oh goodness gracious, I I hope you guys are really, you know, hope you guys really get fired up for that game. And look past all the other opponents that you had before that, when we're already coasting. By the way. As long as Jalen Hurts is healthy, eh, you know, we're coasting. We're good. You know, December, heh, we need to win two more games to get a clinch. You know, that's it at that point, right? So, get the fuck out of here. Just fuck you, 49ers fans. Fuck you. Fuck all you. 31-7, to we beat the shit out of you. Your defense did not show up because our offensive line was actually a legit offensive line. You played a weak-ass schedule. And, look, as much as I like the city – your fan base is weak. Yeah, no, that's no. it. Nothing good comes from San Francisco. Nah, yes, they do. San Francisco. Yes, they do. From San Francisco. Yep, that's what I was gonna say. Oh. That's what he was saying. He was gonna try to. Be. There's a couple of good things from San Francisco. The bridges are cool. You know, I had a good yeah. time. Good the people. seals. Seals are cool. Seals are cool. Yeah, seals are cool. Metallica is good. Grateful Dead can suck a dick, but you know, there's some good yeah. clubs, good hills. You know, it was cool. Cool scenery. That little fucking building that lights up in the middle of yeah. The uh, 
the cathedrals and cathedrals cool. What's yeah. the one? What's the the fucking bay uh, at the Alcatraz? What right before that? Alcatraz pier, is cool. The pier, the pier fifty two, whatever the fuck that's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was cool. Fisherman's Wharf. Fisherman's Wharf. That was cool. Yeah. The seals. The seals are there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the squeals. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, they were cool. It's not a bad seal, is it? No, it's not that bad. Uh, uh, you seen some seals? Yeah, I see some seals. You see some seals? You should have kept watching so it's fucking great. Why would he want them? <laughs> fucking seals. What is your problem? Why are you so angry? I'm sorry, Mike. I'm Just, sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't like seals. What? I don't like 49ers. I don't like 49ers fans. The whole city is is a piece of shit. It's not, though. Yes, it is. You've no, never been there? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know that saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you still need a stepladder to fuck it in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> See, now you should have played that when we had Sean on and he was talking about horse racing dying. I should have. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, you mean horse racing is dying like this? God damn it. I didn't get to play the song that I went to start off the show with. Because we start off and we're waiting for Mike and we have the phone calls come in. You know what? I like the no place. diggity? Yeah! No diggity. No, no diggity. Mm. Alright, this is good because I'm going to talk about the NBA. <laughs> Gary's going to fall asleep. Now, actually, this is interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what you think about this. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Why are you going to ask him? NBA in-season tournament has been announced. Is it? It's happening. This is happening in December. So the NBA is has announced the first in-season tournament. It tips off. Check this out. It tips off November third with group play and concludes December 9th. It's a month long. So they like the season starts like they're they're like ten games in, if that. If even, I yeah. think you just might even start. <laughs> I think this is starting this year, right? Yeah, this, is, this is this is just going to start everything. The groups were decided on a random draw during NBA Today on on last Saturday. Group A is the Sixers, Cavaliers, Hawks, Pacers, and Pistons. Is this this year? It's taking place this year. Group B will be the Bucks, Knicks, Heat, Wizards, and Hornets. Group C is the Celtics, Nets, this fucking November Raptors. Man. What's this November Madness? Bulls, Magic, right? Uh, West. Uh, fuck. Do I even care? Do we even care? All right, we'll move on. What's the point? Group group play was going to be it's going to begin on November third. All games will count towards regular season records and stats. All okay. right, so they're going to you know the games will count. Okay. Each team will play four group games, two home games, and two road games. Okay. Group play games will be held only on Tuesdays and Fridays in November, except for November seventh, which is Election Day. <laughs> no games will be held. The group play Boats schedule. Uh, the group play schedule will be released next month in August. The team with the best record in each group and two wild card teams will advance to the knockout stage. The wild cards will then be the team in each conference that finished with the best record in group play, but was second in its group. Right. Okay. The knockout round will consist of single elimination quarterfinals on December fourth and fifth. So now that's kind of cool. Like one game, boom, in and out. Okay. 
The semifinals and championship be held at T-Mobile Arena in Vegas on December 7th and 9th. Oh, Jesus Christ. Championship game is the only game that will not count towards regular season records and statistics. So every other game heading into that will head towards, will go towards your record and stats will count. But it's just that you're in season tournament. Right. It's almost like. And then the championship won't count for any stats. Why? I don't know. So what's and oh uh, what? because the four to two teams that will count as game oh that's why because for the two teams that play it counts as game eighty three one more than any other team's eighty two game so they don't want an extra game because think about it record books you're playing okay. an extra game during a season okay but you're still playing the game and you still can get injured in that game all right so taking that aside so I guess other teams even if they're not in the semifinals are are playing some like other like ratings bullshit games or whatever right all right so. What the fuck do you get out of this? So, teams that don't advance to knockout round will play two additional games on December 6th and 8th to fill out their 82-game schedule to make up for those two games. Who the fuck are they going to play? I don't know. The teams that lose in the quarterfinals of the knockout round will play one additional regular season game on December 8th. A prize pool will be allocated to teams advancing to the knockout round, and the champion earns the NBA Cup trophy. An MVP of the in-season tournament will be named along with an all-tournament team based on the performance throughout the group and knockout rounds. Let's make this as complicated as fucking possible. We are now entering the MLS, the Major League, or fucking World Cup, soccer, football, bullshit of the world. Okay, but like, what does somebody get out of it? Alright, I gotta be honest with you. I gotta be honest with you. I do, do, do they? Does that like get an automatic playoff berth if they win? No, or? no. You just get a cup. You just get a. Uh, you, you, you just get, get a trophy a in the middle yeah, of the season. You, yeah, you get a cup. A cup and two girls. I gotta be <laughs> a cup and two girls. I gotta be you honest. Seen two girls in a cup. I'm not against this, only because I think the regular season sucks. And we had that we we went viral with our TikTok video saying things are overrated because I said the NBA regular season is overrated. It was one of the things, and Merle Reese and all the other shit that people were saying, uh, Charles Barkley and all this other shit, Shaq. But Wawa, for all these things we were saying are overrated. One of the things I said was the NBA regular season is overrated. I think it's true. I'll tell you what, I'm telling yeah. you right now. Yeah. If I'm an NBA team. Right? Yeah. You got an 82-game season. The 82 games matter. All of them matter. So the tournament games matter because they count against the records. Championship game, I may play my scrubs. I don't give a fuck about the trophy. Yeah, what do you give a fuck and, about and that? And that, that 83rd game doesn't count for my wait, record. Wait, you mean you don't care about the... Uh, Getting a cup, a trophy? You don't, you don't care about the, the, the cup? No. What? No, I don't think that it's not an NBA, it's not an NBA championship. No. Oh. I gotta be honest. Uh, I, I kind of like you know, what do you do? You want Embiid getting hurt playing in a meaningless eighty third game, or he's gonna get hurt regardless. Shut the fuck up, Gary. <laughs> Shut up, Donnie. You're out of your element. I should yes. put that on the fucking yeah. soundboard. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. You're out of your element. What's that? What's that for? Big Lebowski. I didn't see it. Shut up, Donnie. You're out of your element. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's there's there's one championship in, in the season. Over the line. There, there's one championship in, in in a in a major sports season. There's not two. There's one. Like what what are we doing here? Sometimes when I wipe, I'll wipe and I'll wipe and I'll wipe and I'll wipe a hundred times. Still poop. Still poop. I think that's what Mike's trying to say. Is that what you're uh, trying to say? I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how to answer that. I don't. I don't think so. But I mean, if you're saying that, if you're saying that doing playing these this these games is poop, then sure. God damn it! What? Sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going. I just I find it along the way. I think Mike. He doesn't like the NBA in the tournament thing. No, I don't like it. Not even a little bit. He's stupid. He's saying stupid. There's no reason for it. Agreed. Like, I I get you're drumming up interest in the middle of a season that nobody cares yeah, about. But and that's the thing. That's where I'm at. Um, but what the fuck? What's the point? What's the point, right? I see what you're saying. You like that? You like the shark? I like the shark, too. Like, are you gonna? Are they gonna like? Is there gonna be a parade? You gonna be spraying champagne? You got a game in two fucking days. Yeah. Like, oh, we won the December tournament. You're gonna fucking. You're not gonna be having a parade in December, like fucking freezing your ass off, fucking waving and shit. Yeah. With, with like you know, tens of fans cheering you on. Um, Maybe the Sixers will win that cup, and they'll hang a fucking banner for that. I don't and, fucking care. And Peter, but I won MVP. Uh, you know. See, Ryan's not here. You know, I won MVP uh, last year. Now I won the the cup, and uh, I'm a Hall of Famer. And you know, and uh, I'm a Hall of Famer now. Cole, I ain't calling. He's in Virginia. So what? He's fucking his uncle. I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. All right. I know. Uh, And uh, real quick, before we move on from the uh, Sixers, Paul Reed. Five minutes. Why bring back Paul Reed? I like it. I like do, it. Do you? Yes. But does that fit for the other two guys they signed? I have no problem with them bringing back Paul Reed. I had the problem with the moves before that. The Harold move doesn't make any sense at all. Why would you bring zero? Him, why would you bring a Montrezl Harold if you're going to re-sign Paul Reed? Now you have and Mo 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 Bamba. I talked about the fact that he's got a different game. First of all, Gary, hold on. Oh, I'm sorry, Gary. Why do you call it Uber now? Uber's come at midnight. Like, why Why are you calling your Uber now? Cancel it. I don't want to. Why do you do that every time? Well, I mean, it's 10 o'clock. So what? We go until 10.30 every fucking week. Not tonight. Every other fuck, every other week. You call your Uber early. Why? Because no, Ryan took me home last two times. Every other time you call Ryan Uber. took me home. Am I wrong? I, I, I ain't doing it. Every time you call Uber, you call him early. Nah, you need a ride, yeah. Yeah, call it 11. We're hanging out. I'm not staying at 11. Why? Because I don't want to. What, you're going to fall asleep? No, look at me. I'm a fucking sweaty mess. You're a sweaty mess at 5 o'clock. What's the difference between now? Yeah, wait a minute. You you get here at 5 o'clock. You're sitting outside. You're in a cold air conditioning now. Like, that's a... 
Yeah. You're going to have to come up with a better one. This man smelled like a pack of Marlboro cigarettes, uh, four shots of Everclear <laughs> alcohol, and regret. It's true. The fuck? I'll take it. He come your tits. No. Yeah. I want you here with me. I've been here with you since 5 o'clock. I want you to stay with me tonight. <laughs> stay. Stay. I fart in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. Some, sometimes I wonder if Sean just kind of... Kind of by accident, but... I haven't played that one in a while, though. Oh, Jay said, it's because we're talking basketball. That's why you're leaving. But we eventually... Like, I want to talk goaltenders, and you're not going to be here for yeah, that. Yeah, you're going to miss that. And you're not miss, sorry. And I have good while you were drunk. Well, you I have a good. You should have been fucking 15 minutes late. I have good while. I'm staying. I got here 15 minutes late. You're leaving an hour early. No, no. I have good while you were drunk tonight, right. too. I have good ones. I'd be here for fucking two hours. All right. So, yeah, the March has Howard thing makes no sense. If you're going to. And you're going to say. Ma, 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 and we're going to call him that. Ma, 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 for the rest of the year. Okay. Cool. Uh, He's got a different game. He's a more of a stretch player. He's still a center. Right, He's but still, there's, there's, you carry three centers. You're to, so someone, someone I, uh, I was talking to said, well, no, that's not the plan. They're going to have Paul Reed and, and beat on the floor at the same time. I actually heard Mobamba and – Or both. Yeah, or anyway. both. Okay. Uh, here's my big right. All right, brother. All right. All right, see you, Gary. All right, Gary. <laughs> All right, now I'm on break. <laughs> see you, man. You're going to finish that rest of that fucking beer before you go? Leave it. That's sediment. That's sediment you drink on every other beer. Yeah, you don't even know it. You drink it every other time. Drink it. I'll come in it. You drink it then. Christ. Let me come in it. All right. You know. I'm coming day and night. Anyway, um, yeah. So, Mo Bamba is more of a stretch center. Where's that fucking? Go ahead. Reed is more of a rebounding defensive. There it is, right in that beer. I haven't played that in a while. <laughs> but yeah. Bob is more of a stretch center, and Reed's more of a traditional kind of defensive, rebounding. So I, against different teams and different schemes, I could see that. Harold, Harold sucked. Yeah, he was terrible. The only, the only thing that Harold might bring is a veteran presence. And his dreads. Okay. That's it. Okay. Big old dick. That's about it. Maybe. So I mean, maybe. Jay's hard. Jay's I, I guess maybe for a, a, um, maybe for a veteran presence and a minimal deal, minimum deal. Okay, if you need four centers. I, I don't know. Yeah, right. Like, what are they? All right. So here, here's my big right. Uh we're in B when he has a day where he doesn't play. Maybe Harold gets his minutes in. For the last few years. The Sixers have invested a lot of time uh, and money in um, big men, right? Uh, uh, Horford, Dwight Howard. Uh, who's the other one we had? Uh, uh, Deadman. Yeah, Dr- 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 uh, Andre Drummond. 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 Yeah, Drummond. And now this year, yeah, Mbamba. Mbamba, And then bring back well, Harold. Yeah, Harold. Yeah. And now... And Paul Reed, you bring back, which I could see Paul Reed being a power four. I could see Paul Reed more so as a power four, and maybe Mo Bamba. That's fine. 
Bomb as a power forward. Yeah, I mean the Harold thing, I it, like is annoying. He was terrible last year. Yeah. Um he's like fucking six foot nine. Like you're not a sad. Yeah, I don't get it. But whatever the case is, so my I'm sorry, so my biggest gripe though, that's that's eight million dollars you spent on Paul Reed. If you wanted to sign Obama and you want to sign Harold, okay, but you did. And then it's another $8 million on top of that where you need shooters on this fucking team. You have no shooters. Korkmaz is gone, right? He's gone. Not that he was much of a factor last year anyway. He's gone. Niang's gone. They're ta- Niang's gone, which at times he was huge. Yeah. There's talk of them bringing back Danny Green. Oof. Yeah, was he forty eight? Yeah. You're gonna bring him back? That that's your that's your sign like that's your plan. I, I spend that money on shooters. Stop investing on all these big men in the front. The NBA has fucking changed. It's changed. It's an outside game. Build on the outside. You already have your inside guy. Yeah, I hear you, but you need one backup guy for Embiid. You don't need a star backup guy for Embiid. You need a backup guy to take eight minutes a game. Do you yeah, really... but you've you seen what happened. They, we lost the Toronto series because we wouldn't have a backup big man. Most teams in the league don't even have a starting big man that can compete with Embiid. Understood. But they have enough depth to where they dominate. Okay, that's fine. So why not use that money instead to build up your bench as opposed to worried so much about backing up Embiid? Where you can now be the team that has that depth. But I think that they went cheap for years on the backup big men. They didn't. Drummond wasn't expensive. It doesn't matter. Howard wasn't expensive. They haven't spent Harold a lot wasn't on big men. Drummond, I mean, Drummond, Horford was. Horford was their fucking. Well, all right, Horford, Horford was a fucking that, disaster. That, that fucking handcuffed them for like three years. Horford was a disaster. Yeah, well, it handcuffed them this year. That's how I think we lost the, yeah, th- the first yeah, round draft right. pick yep. or something. Yeah, it did. Um, so Horford was a disaster, but. Him and his fucking pig sister. Yeah, fuck her. Um, <laughs> Jason, you guys drove Gary away yeah. with your basketball talk. Oh, well, you know, eh, fuck him. Fuck him. It is funny that, like, the second that you brought up basketball, you ordered the Uber, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all power. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. It's all power. We should talk basketball to start with and then screw him over so that he's stuck <laughs> every week. Uh, um, I got it live audio from from Gary. He just called me. So. Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I don't get. I think that I think that Paul Reed is good enough. I like him as a backup center. I think I, he's. I, do I think too. he's. I know. I do. And too. I think. Yeah, I think a backup center probably that's he's young and what, developing. Year three or year four. He's around, that's developing. Mm, I think that. Yeah. I think he's probably. A six to eight million dollar player. I, that's fair. I had no problem with them re-signing Paul Reed. That's yeah. not my problem. I, 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 yeah. Harold, I don't love Mo Bamba. I, I guess if they care. got him cheap enough, but but anyway, um, did you hear how how they screwed over the Sixers on that deal? On no. Did you hear? Like no. you didn't hear this? No. Danny Ainge, that motherfucker, no, is with the Jazz. I didn't hear this. No. Right. He's with the Jazz now. Yeah, He's with signed Utah Jizz. He's with signed the Utah Paul Jizz. Reed or gave Paul Reed. I'm coming day and night. A, a deal, 
for $8 million with a oh, player option yeah. for years two and three, I think, if the team makes a second round of the playoffs. Not the, not the conference semifinals, the second round of the playoffs. He set it up to where the Jazz probably aren't making it and it can release them. But if the Sixers, if the Sixers have to match the salary, they're stuck with them another year. He did it so that the Sixers had to think hard, long and hard on whether they wanted to commit to it. That motherfucker's still fucking us. Just I fucking the, hate him. Just to fuck the I Sixers. I fucking show. hate him. Yeah. I mean, you but, know, if he's. If, but guess what? The Sixers are dumb enough to fall for it. Again. Like, I'd be like, you know what? Have him. You know what? Fuck it. Have him. We, go, we got Mobamba. We got Harrell. We'll figure it out. Fuck him. But he's so young. I know. I know. But, so is Mobamba, though. Mobamba's, is yeah, Mobamba's only 22 or 23 years old. No. Yeah, he's young, too. Like, Okay. But anyway. God damn him. Fuck. God. Uh. But you know he did it because he hates his son. And you know what? The thing is, I fucking hate him. But it. That you if, have to respect if, it. He's, if, the if he Howie, was, he's the Howie Roseman of the NBA. And if and if he did that on the Sixers and he fucked over the Celtics, or if it was an old, like, mm. I'd respect the shit out of it. Jay, I, I respect it, but I hate it. Jay Parr, so actually, I'm glad he brought this up. Jay Parr said, basketball is such a joke, the players run this show. Mm-hmm. So that whole thing with, uh, well, first of all, Harden. Miller. Harden, you know, all that shit. I want to go to Clippers. I'm going to go to Clippers. Well, the Clippers aren't willing and now that whole thing with Lillard, and the Blazers GM said, "I'm not moving. To, I'm not moving with him to Miami. Miami's uh, not giving up enough." I heard that. Yeah, they're and, least, and yeah. Th- he's like, "No, I'm not just giving him up just because he wants to go there." Kudos to both to both the Sixers on that front. It's still early, but and yeah. to the Blazers, and the, and the Sixers are like, "Hey, we'll hold. On. You know, we don't care. We'll hold on to Harden until September if we have." Look to. what they did. Look what they did do uh, with Simmons. Right. And the Blazers, the Blazers GM's like, nah, I, I don't give a fuck if he wants to go to Miami or not. I don't need to trade him. Right. I'll hold on. I don't give a fuck. I'll hold on to him. Good for him. Yeah. It's about time that these GMs say, you know what, fuck this. Like, enough of this. We can't. Not only are you tra- demanding to be traded, but you're going to handpick the team that you want to go to? Fuck you. That's the, it, the NBA is a fucking joke, and I'm glad that they're finally saying, nah, Nah, you're not getting this. Sorry. Enough. Yeah. Enough's enough. I'm I'm glad. Yeah. So good for them. Kudos. Cheers. Cheers, you fucking But I don't think I still it makes me wonder more about the Sixers. And I just still don't have a lot of, a lot of faith in them right now. Nothing about the Sixers has me all that excited. Why did I get fucking that got loud, didn't it? Yeah. I'm sure you can't wait, you fuckhead. I, I can't believe that I got to talk the, the goalie situation, and I'm doing it tonight because fuck it. Without, no, I like it. So no, I like it. But why don't we do? Uh, why don't we do while you were drunk first? Uh, yeah, I mean, and then we'll do the goalie situation. Yeah. And close out the show. Sound good? I mean, it just sucks. It like it's just you. Like that's. A, I know. Yeah. It's every fucking. Anyway. You know, I, I, I I I I knew that was gonna happen. So what's well, either that or you're gonna drive him home. So you know, would you rather? No. Have anyway. Yeah. All right, so while you were drunk, guys, and then we're, and then uh, we'll do some Flyers talk, and then uh, yeah, we'll go from there. 
While you were drunk, here we go. I am not drunk, man. You're trying to make me drunk. It's time to catch up on some things you may have missed. Do you think a six-pack is, is acceptable? While you were drunk. I'm drunk and I love cats. What more do you need to know? Andrew Painter, um, good news. So Andrew Painter, Philly's top pos- prospect, got hurt. Hopes where he was going to make the rotation. Uh, he was having some elbow troubles. Right. And you're like, uh-oh, this isn't good. He got reevaluated. Doctor said, you're fine. Just take some more rest. No surgery, more rest. There is still hopes for him to be pitching this year. The funny thing is I just heard, and again, it's radio talk, and I didn't catch the whole story, but bits and pieces about the fact that people are, like, that the radio hosts were bitching that he only threw 30 pitches. I didn't know about that, but I, I mean, in what sense? 30 pitches in his session? Yeah, I guess. I mean, that like he's not going to be playing this year if he only throws 30 pitches he, at this point. I don't think he's going to be pitching this year. Right. I, I, I think like you at this point you're in July, August, September, October. You might as well shut him down and just let him, whatever he's going through, let him go through. And then spring training next year, hopefully it's his debut. Think about it, all right? We are impatient. Because we want a young pitcher to, to solidify this bull, this uh, starting rotation. Cole Hamels got in a bar fight. That's right, broke his broke hand. his hand. Right, Cole Hamels debuted a little later than expected. Cole Hamels ended up <laughs> becoming a really damn good pitcher, and you know NLCS World Series MVP, whatever. Take your time. It's baseball. Baseball is a marathon. Yeah, let him just. Work it out. You don't want this guy rushing back, getting hurt. We're figuring it out. Uh, Dave Peterson just said it. Uh, uh, don't rush it. Don't rush pitching. It'll develop. Let it develop. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you just nailed on but the I head. But just, I just wonder if – is the, it like would Tommy John have been an option and should he have considered doing it? Because if he comes back maybe. next year and he re-injures it, now you got to do Tommy John and now you lost him two years. Yeah, it could be. I mean, I don't I – don't, from the sounds of it, it doesn't sound like it's that extreme. Okay. It just sounds like it's, it was just a strain, a bad strain. You know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I'm not a fucking doctor. I'm, I'm but either jerk, way, it's I'm good. A, I'm a fucking jerk off over here. What do you want from me? I'm a fucking jerk off. Going to be writing books and reading audio. Uh. <laughs> I don't like your jerk off name. I don't like your jerk off face. I don't like your jerk off behavior. And I don't like you jerk off. So... I don't know how you guys feel about this. Barry Bonds f- has finally spoken out about the Hall of Fame. It's been like 10 years. He hasn't said a word. Yeah. He finally sounded off. He said, well, I want to know, back when I played, there was no rules. Why am I being punished? He said, I was taking the court. I was taking a civil court. I was taking the federal court. They couldn't find enough evidence against me to prove that I was guilty of anything. And yet, here I am being punished. Why? So, with that being said, this is, I think this is going to be interesting. With that being said, does he have a point? He was never, and it's the truth. Roger Clemens, too, same as Sosa, too. Now, guys like um, uh, fucking asshole, McGuire's teammate. Uh, Canseco, who admitted, like, yeah, I took steroids. Dykstra admitted it. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know, 
Barry Bonds never admitted to taking McGuire, it. McGuire. McGuire admitted McGuire, to taking at least creatine or he took like creatine. something like that. Yeah. McGuire said, I took creatine, blah, blah, blah. Look, McGuire. McGuire, first of all, was a home run basher at, you know, 21. In 1987, like the dude wasn't built with the way he was in '98, he was always crushing home runs. Right. So was Bonds. There is a part of natural talent that takes over. Yeah. There is a part of of drugs that allows you to do it for longer. Was Barry Bonds able to hit 73 home runs at the age of 36 or whatever he was when he did it? When most human beings probably wouldn't be able to do that, nah, that's the thing. But was Bonds a Hall of Famer prior to that? Absolutely. Yeah. But he did. Did he? Did he? You know what? Let's just say, did he cheat? Do you know for sure that he cheated? Can you hunt? Can you can you put your hand if you were a religious person, put your hand down on the Bible and say, "Yep, Barry Bonds cheated. I know it." I mean, how can you know it unless, like, I'm 99.9% sure. I am too. I mean, the, the, the guy's head's huge. The, the Dave guy, Peterson said, fuck Bonds. Well, yeah. And, and uh, right. I mean, I, the guy most was a jerk people off are, yeah. and everything, but it, it, that's such a tough, it's such a tough thing because baseball is all these different rules and all these different things. There's guys that took steroids that are in the, the Hall of Fame. There's guys who kill people. Well, yeah. There's somebody who was the head of the KKK who was in the, who was in the Hall of Fame. Right. Roger Swinsby is, is in the Hall of Fame. He was the head of the KKK. Right. His, his local chapter. Right? He's in the Hall of Fame. That's okay. Yeah, he didn't cheat the game, but he killed a bunch of people. Or, or or led to hating a bunch of people and burning steaks and you know that's cool. That's right. all right. That's all right though. I, I you know again. Yeah, that, I mean that's not exactly apples to oranges. I think Bond should get in. I think Clement should get in. Hmm. I think. I do think Barry Bond should be in the Hall of Fame. I do. I. Because he wasn't. It was never proven. Yeah, again, I agree with you, Mike. He was the, too. The he was too good. He was too good of a player, regardless of what. Now he here's was taken. Here's also the thing: MLB doesn't own the Hall of Fame. It's not like NFL. It's not like NBA. The MLB, Major League Baseball, the writers. Yeah, it's it's Cooperstown. It's a different entity. It's a completely different entity. So, it doesn't have to be a thing where the MLB says, oh, this happened, A, B, and C. Right. Cooperstown, like, eh, we'll vote him in. It's a different thing. It's a different animal. So, Cooperstown, in that aspect, can turn around and go, no, you you guys broke the rules back then. And that's why these guys aren't getting in. MLB didn't have any rules exactly. No, but we know what happened. Like we, you know, we can. Yeah, we I can mean, tell. it's the hypocrisy of the of the MLB though, is is kind of where. Another reason why, like, they needed after they went on strike, they needed mm-hmm. 
They needed the Maguire Sosa home run race. They encouraged it. 100%. They 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 turned a blind eye, knowing exactly what was happening, and wanted it to happen. But then, after it happened, the aftermath of it. Now they're backing away and being Just like, "Think about it." Yeah. Now last year, Aaron. So Aaron Judge is a monster. He what is he six seven? The dude's a monster. Yeah. He broke Roger Maris's record. He broke the AL record, right? Oh no, well Griffey did, right? Didn't Griffey have more? Did Griffey still have more than Aaron Judge last year? Well, Griffey, that same year in '98, did Griffey end up with more than Aaron Judge last year? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But, but either way, Aaron Judge broke Roger Maris's record last year. But prior to that, what do you have? He had 60. He broke 62 last year. Did I, he? Yeah, Aaron Judge. Yeah, didn't he? Pretty sure he did. Yeah, he he broke. Am I talking about an ass? Maybe he did. Maybe I just wasn't. Maybe I missed it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he did. So with that being said, though, um, yeah, breaks record. Yeah, he broke. Yeah, he broke Rogers. Yeah, he had 62. Let me see. Yeah, he over 62 last year. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah, last year. So before that. You hadn't heard about anybody doing something like that post bonds. Right. Hitting 73. Hit 73 that year. Yeah. No one has come close until last year. Again, Aaron Judge, Judge is a monster. No one's doubting that. No, right. one's, no, one's, no one came close to that. 98 was that crazy year with three players, Griffey, who no one accuses of doing it. No one has ever accused Ken Griffey Jr. of taking steroids. Same as Sosa did. Yeah. McGuire did. Two years later, Bonds does 73. Did. It was accused. It, when I it, say did, I mean accused. Is it was possible accused. that Griffey took steroids? In that era? I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised in that was, era. Was it an anomaly? Maybe he did. But no one accuses Griffey of doing it. Right. Maybe they should. Good question. They probably should. Right? Griffey was. I love Griffey. Don't get me wrong, but maybe. Jay Sard, you're, you're correct. I don't know what, what you're correct about. I forget. I, I missed that comment. It was uh, two minutes ago. Uh, Peterson said all sports are the same. If it benefits the league, then it's okay. But if you piss someone off, then the league will screw you more. Mm-hmm. Screw you over. 100%. Yep. That's exactly what happened. And that's, why, that's my argument with Cooperstown and the MLB. Is that they're not, uh, they're not in bed with each other. I don't think anyway. Right. Cooper, they're different entities. And Cooperstown goes, no, fuck, fuck you, MLB. No, you guys, I, I saw what happened there. No, you were good. Mm-hmm. That's where we're gonna vote in guys like you know, uh, you know Roberto Almar, who you know might have been a Hall of Famer. He was great defense, you know, second baseman. Yeah. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know if Roberto Almar is a Hall of Famer. I mean, we go through it every year. We're like, does, all right. does, you know, yeah. Does does Paul Molitor deserve to be in over Barry Bonds? Right. Come on now, man. No. no. Yeah, it, it's not close. So, all right. So, I, I just want to bring it up. So, I, I mean, he basically is saying that, like, he's, he's just he's he, putting out the hypocrisy. He finally sounded off, dude. I, that's the first time I've ever heard him. You know what? The funny thing is, is that, like, 
the funny thing about it is Barry Bonds plays for San Francisco for years, sells out that stadium, makes that makes that team billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You know what? Is there any of those hazes left? I just wanted to try one of the moon hazes. Okay. Yeah, I'll try one. Um, so, um, it's a good brew. Cool. Um, so they uh, they sell out the stadiums. Stop. Okay, keep doing it. Yeah. I sure, we'll keep drinking. And uh, and then all of a sudden, um, he retires, mm-hmm. and they remove his statue. And they like yeah, they I, completely I, turned his I back. Of, I forgot about that. Like the guy was now, like I a went, savior. Now yet, however, so I was there in two years ago. I was in San Fran, and you walked out. I didn't go inside, but outside, his star still there. They Did still have. Okay. They still have his plaque. Yeah. They still have his plaque there. Hit his, you know, hit his uh, home run that broke um, Hank Aaron's record. And and you walk a little further down. There's another plaque. This is where he hit his, you know, yeah. whatever home run, whatever it was. There's still there's still stars in plant uh, cement blocks inside the uh, right field, the right field wall, outside yeah. the right field wall, yeah. right before the bay. Yeah, there are still blocks yeah. out there. Yeah, beautiful park, AT and T. Yeah, ballpark. I was in there. I watched great. the game in yeah. there. Yeah, beautiful ballpark. Oh, it was, it was great. Yeah. The base cool. You know, I went in December, so there was no baseball going on. Yeah. There could have been. The weather was nice enough, but yeah. 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 Uh I'm going to Seattle though. Uh, I'm gonna see a game in uh that ballpark oh, uh, nice. on a Thursday next week. So no show next No show Friday. No, no yeah, show I'll, Friday. I'll be okay. in Seattle. Yeah. I'm right. seeing the uh, twins take on the uh, Mariners. I'll nice. get to see Rodriguez or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> the fucking kid. Hit 41 home runs in the home run derby last week. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, okay. so I got to see him, and uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. Yeah, it's a nice ballpark from what I've seen. So Yeah, I'm. Uh, Seattle's uh, somewhere I definitely want to visit. It was on my bucket list. Yeah. It's one on my bucket list, for sure. Uh, Big grunge fan, man. I want to... Um, yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool, too. I want to see the sights. I'm going to the museum. I'm going to see Kirker Bain's house. Nice. Um yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, enough of that. Um, while you were drunk, uh, Richard Sherman. Speaking of Seattle, big Seattle Seahawk quarterback, yep. long time Hall of Famer, right? Well, no, not a Hall of Famer. Well, he will be a Hall of Famer. The thing is, is that like I've seen somebody that kind of questioned it. Richard Sherman, Hall of Famer. Did he want to? Did he win two Super Bowls? Yeah, they want to. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. He was a shutdown. He's he's listed. As top 15 cornerbacks of all time. He's, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He may not have been the best cornerback on that team. He might not have been, but he he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, I, I just – Okay. Yeah. He, I, he, he, he probably should be. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm just looking at his – well, I mean – Well, here you go. But. Here you go. Dave Peterson. Hall of Fame. Popularity contest through and through. Richard Sherman will be a Hall of Famer because of that. Really? I think so. He, a lot of people liked him, dude. Like he was even, even after like I, I thought he was a big mouth and kind of a jerk off, and then he had all that stuff happen like with his the the um, criminal stuff and the they don't care about that. NFL don't care about that. Yeah. Ray, Ray Lewis is all off him. Ray Lewis killed a fucking guy, allegedly. Yep, just like Barry Bonds allegedly used steroids. Well, Marvin Harrison allegedly killed a guy too. 
Didn't he own a car wash or something? Is that what that was about? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's from Philly, though. You know, everyone, all right. Everyone, then, it's, then it's all right, then. Yeah, everyone killed somebody. All right. Me, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, Richard Sherman apparently decided to retire during a game. Yes. <laughs> he's taking on the Eagles when Devontae Smith ran a route on him. The Eagles' Devontae Smith ran a route, and he went, yeah, I, I can't fucking do this anymore. They're too fast. Please, God, don't let them catch yeah. it. <laughs> How awesome is that? Devontae Smith blew him out of the water. Skinny, like, slippery little fuck. Yeah, and he's like, I I can't hang with these young bulls, young bulls anymore. And he said, B-O-I-S, bulls. Young yeah, bulls. and then he was talking about, like, please don't throw it to him or something as yeah, he was, yeah, like, chasing yeah. him down. And oh, stuff. shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I can't keep up. I'm done. So, and he did. He quit after that. How about that, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. Um, Devonta, by the way, could be a good fan. Devonta. Could be a fantasy asset this year, third year in the league. Hey, that uh, was a good draft. I mean, Chase, Waddle's good, too. Waddle's, Waddle's pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyle Pitts is the only one that kind of didn't. Yeah. I guess he's all right. Uh, or, like, yeah. he's been a disappointment, right? Yeah. I mean, Atlanta sucks. It disappointed me. I know that. Yeah, I had well. two years in fantasy as a keeper. So, yeah. There he is. Devontae Smith right there. Um, Phil Rivers staying on the football thing. Phil Rivers is expecting his 10th child. Yeah. That's Giggity. nice. You know who else is Giggity, expecting Giggity. multiple chi- children? I'm trying to get jacked off under the table multiple in front of family. Who's, wait. He's expecting he's expecting multiple childs. Who, bunch of <laughs> childs. Yeah, yeah, bunch of childs. Who? You know who else has a bunch of childs? Who? Josh Jacobs. Oh, oh yeah. Bunch <laughs> of childs. Yeah, how about that whole thing? Eight. He's yeah. a lot younger than Rivers. Dude, he's like twenty-three. He's got a lot younger than Rivers. He's like twenty. He's like twenty-five. He's like twenty-five years old. He's got eight kids already, and he's holding out. He needs more money because he got to pay the child support. Uh, I'm sure he does. Yeah, bunch of childs. Bunch of childs. He's got a bunch of childs. Bunch of childs. We might have to call this show bunch of childs. He has a bunch of kids. Bunch of childs. So Josh, Josh, do it one more time. Bunch of childs. All right, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough for that. Beating a dead horse. Yeah, a little bit. Now you got to figure out a way to to shoot the horse and then find something beating them, and put yeah, the two of them together. I'll figure something out. And it'd be beating a dead horse. I had an epiphany. You know that saying: you can lead a horse to water, but you still need a stepladder to fuck it in the end. How about that? Is that good? Mm, no, nah, we got to do better. We'll All work right. on it. All right, I figured it out. It's a work in progress. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dude. That's ten kids. Yeah. I have two. Mm-hmm. I can't fucking... I can't I, do I, it. Yeah, I, I don't know. You also don't have money to pay, like, That's maids true. and shit. That's true, too. You think he yells at them all the time? Because he fucking yelled a lot on the field. Yeah. Yeah, he's fucking angry and shit, yelling at them. Probably never sees them. Mm. That's why he's played football like Tom Brady. Tom Brady was home two weeks. He's like, fuck this. He just shows up on Sundays to take him to church. Fucking Christian weirdo. They're all fucking weirdos. All them fucking 
Bible thumpers. Oh, let's have as many kids as we can. Fucking take them in a white van down to the church on Sundays and fucking not have enough food. Let's cut the orange juice with some water. Because okay, like, God forbid we can't afford a fucking gallon of orange juice. Let's cut that in half. That's what they do. Fucking assholes. Probably. Fuck, fuck religion and fuck politics. Jesus. Fucking both. All right, let's move on. This took a turn. <laughs> a man was surfing on Australia. This is fucking insane, dude. I read this and I was like, oh my God, I got to bring this up for the show. Oh, come on. Where's my goddamn... Here we go. I got it. A man was surfing in Australia. And all of a sudden, his buddy's like, yo, man, you're bleeding. There's a fucking fish in your nose. My eyes! My eyes! He had, a, he had a robust garfish, which is a crazy fish with a spear, like a spear nose, impaled in his, through his nose. Like he went through a wave and this oh, fucking shit. fish, like, he felt something. He felt a pinch. He didn't know what it was. He thought it was just the wave hit him hard. He came up, this fucking fish is hanging off his nose. This, like, six-pound yeah. fish with a fucking spear, like, it was like this, they pulled the thing out. It was like this long. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, is he all right? Yeah, he's fine. Fuck. He's, yeah, he said it was gnarly, dude. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he said, but he probably sounded like Tom Petty when he said it. <laughs> oh, they fucking hurt, man. So, <laughs> um, uh, so what, local story. Ben Salem Kid, 21-year-old, was arrested this week. 15 pounds of weed was found in his car and $120,000 in cash. Damn. He's facing major time. The f- despite the fact that weed's almost you know, like almost legal. legal, yeah. Yeah, I thought I read something about this. I'm like, all right, like, you know, it's, it's almost like. Yeah, uh, he was caught. Uh, he was caught and got audio. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. They caught him, and uh, yeah, this kid, blonde hair, you know, you can tell that motherfucker has rich parents. Yeah. Fluffy blonde hair, and he's like, mm-hmm. $120,000 in cash, 22 years old. Yeah. $120,000 in cash, 15 pounds of weed. He's facing like 60 years in pri- like in jail. Yeah. He's not, come on, he's not going to get that. Like, let's, let's be honest. Especially with his, you know, the rich parents and shit. Peterson said, uh, do I take it out or I leave it in? Like what? I don't know. Like, wh- you talking about the thing, the the fish, or what? oh, he's talking about the fish. Yeah, I think I was talking about the kid. You know why? Because he has blonde hair. Like he, he yeah, he, he's starting to kind of. No, no, no. Actually, I was thinking like, do I take the money? That's what I was thinking. If I was a cop. Oh, me. yeah, that's what I was thinking. Jesus, I'm Christ. We're all over the place on that. I know. Oh, yeah, I was all over. All right, finally, uh, the Phillies schedule. Not uh, yeah, actually, the Phillies' full schedule has been announced for next year. I don't like it. March twenty eighth. Get some Braves. March twenty eighth at home. You don't like the beer? No, I don't either. Now you said it was good. No, I don't like that beer. You said no, oh, that's good. Let me see that one. The this? Oh, that. Oh, yeah, that I like. 
You no. don't like that one? No. Now there was another one. It was a some other hazy IPA one, the light one. I didn't like that one. I thought that's the one you had. I'm sorry. Mm. So you don't like the Blue Moon Haze? No. You finish it, though? No. Oh, you have a full glass. You don't like it? I'm trying to gulp it down as quick as possible. It has, a, has, a, has, a, has a bad taste to it. Yeah. It's I got like a kick. It. It's got a kick. It's only a five point something, 5.4. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not got, strong. It's just got it's a got bad a kick. It's got a kick to it. Yeah. So that's that's what I got for uh, while you were drunk. Okay. That's it. Phillies play the Braves. Home opener. Citizens Bank Park. March twenty eighth. Early. Kind of cool. But against the Braves, that's cool. Yeah, I like it. So. Um. Yeah. So Mike, you got a uh, you got an interesting story uh, to close out the show tonight. Yeah. I I am interested to hear this because I. Anyone that's a Flyers fan, um, lock in here because we want to see what this situation here is with the goalies. Yes. Yeah. The Flyers have drafted a few and signed a few, and Carter Hart's still on the team. Okay, so credit where it's due. Philly Voice, Nick Tricome, read yeah. the story. Um, uh, he, I heard he read it. I, I heard he wrote, no, I, I heard he wrote this in his basement. He does look like... We want it now! I, I oh, say, good for you! He does look Ma, like... Ma, the meatloaf! All right, so... Fuck! The, the article is titled, <laughs> You Can Never Have Too Many, and look at the Flyers' goaltending depth prospect pipeline. Okay. Um, obviously, you never can have too many is the quote from Danny Briere. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean... It's just talking about it. it. It starts out talking about the fact that the, the Flyers drafted the two goalies in the second, third round. They traded into the second round to get the uh, the goalie, and they took one in the third round. And it's basically like, all right, well, you know, they're rebuilding and trying to keep the cupboard full. You never know what can happen, the general manager said. Um, he said, you know, it talks about the, the fact that um, – if all these guys are hitting, then, you know, we have a nice problem to have. Carter Hart was a little different. He, he, he developed early. Most of these guys don't. So, if you're playing a long game, they're not going to be ready for a couple years. True. Um, and you need – and you need <laughs> – you're going to need one of them in the next two years to develop, honestly. If you, you – Well, you keep thinking that Carter, like Carter Hart's gone. I do. Right. I don't want him to be. Right. I don't want him to be. I think he's gone. In right. Two years. I think he's gone. Yeah. And then there's Kolosov, a 21 year old third rounder from the 2021 draft. Anyway, so um, here's where it gets interesting. So here's where it goes through the level of each of them. Then it breaks it down. So mm-hmm. the NHL, they have Carter Hart, 24, signed restricted free agent in 2024. Cal Peterson is 28, unrestricted free agent in 2025. So you're on the hook for him for two years. That's the guy that they got as part of taking on um, more salary when they traded pro for all. Mm-hmm. Sandstrom, 26-year-old, unrestricted free agent next year, making under a million. Then in the a- AHL, they have Urson, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. They just That was a recent re-sign too, I think, right? He's restricted free agent in 2024, so, I mean, they, they have a little bit of control think, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about Kolosov. He's in the KHL, 21 years old. Mm-hmm. Restricted free agent in 2026. 20, Fedotov is the 26-year-old. That's who's staying uh, over. Who's staying over, right. 
Um, and then there's Bjornsson, who's in the Canadian Juniors. He's 18, drafted in 2023. I think that was the first guy that they drafted. Then Zag, Zavrigan, 17 yep. years old. Yep. He's the one that they drafted in the third, third round. round. yeah. And then there's somebody that was drafted in 2015, Tomac. He's 26 years old. Yeah. He's in the ELH, the Czech Republic. I'm going to say that. Yeah, that's ship, ship sale. Yeah. Um, so that gives you a rundown of the, the guys that they have, and then it just talks a little bit about the player. So I'll go through trade bug goes, the lingering hockey candidate, heart, rumor mill. It's it's cleared up a little bit. It says that like it's more than likely he's going to stay here this year now yes. since it didn't trade him um, during the draft. Um, Briere said the Flyers would listen. Weren't looking to give him away, but at least would listen. Um, hmm. So it says that they took Peterson to dump the salary. So I talked about that in the Proveroff deal. Um, so they're they're going to be stuck with him. It's also going to determine what happens to Sandstrom and Urson. Sandstrom is the last of his two-year deal, converts into a one-way season and guarantees his NHL salary regardless. Um, he didn't impress much. So Sandstrom is basically not that good. He had an 880 save percentage through 20 games and 18 starts. Mm-hmm. He was he was bad. Right. Ursan did hold up pretty well, had an 899 save percentage in 12 games, and looks like he's younger, has plenty of room. So he's got some promise. Um, and then it talks about Kolosov. He's in the KHL. Um, going to stay in the KHL this season. Bjarnson and Zervai will continue to develop. Um, both have their options for the future, um, at least another year for a couple of these guys. Um, and then the chance they all hit, blah, 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 blah. Tomac, third round pick in 2015 when Hexel was his GM. Mm. Draft right, he's, he's unsigned, probably a long shot to be at this point, right? 26 years old now, still in the ECHL. Right. Yeah. And then... Fedotov, the ship may have sailed. He was forced into being the uh, Russian military in 2015, and then um, he wanted to leave the KHL, but he's they're upholding his contract. So, you know, that's that's kind of where they stand. So yeah. I, I thought it was interesting, though, because the, the reason that I, I was interested in this story is because when – when you brought up that they drafted a goaltender, the first thing that Ryan said is they got a ton of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, so who do they truly have as prospects? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to read up on that. Who, and yeah, see. Who, are the one, who are the ones who are real prospects? Right. So Sandstrom looks like he's not that good. Urson maybe has some promise. Um, the other guy's just a salary filler. The two, Fedot- for, the two this year, you don't know. Right. Fedotov is. Maybe he never even comes over. So, I don't know if they necessarily have as much goaltending depth as it would seem. Maybe it was the good move. After reading that, I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so the the two kids they drafted this year, I have no problem. I said this when they they had the draft. Even if they have Carter Hart. Right. Like, first of all, you can always use another goalie, right? Um, you can always use a, good, a solid backup. 
if one of those guys ends up being at best a solid backup, great, yeah. great job because you you need that. Like your your starting goalie can't play all eighty two games anyway. So, right. So let's just say Carter Hart is. And you figure that's a coin flip at best on all these guys. Yeah, anyway. Carter Hart's uh, Marty Brodeur, and you know, um, you know, we all thought he could be, and I'm not saying he's not, and he can't be, but I'm just saying let, he's let's he's. Just, Let's just say in that position that he is, you still need a solid backup goaltender. I think in the article he talked about the fact that Carter Hart is good to great, but he's not exceptional. He's not the top echelon goaltender. Not yet. He's still young. He's still young. He's still young. Yeah. So, but but you know, let's just I'm just I'm just yeah theoretically saying you know let's just say he's he's Marty Brodeur. You still need a solid backup to get you another five, six, seven, eight wins during a season. Right. Um, so I have no problem with them doing that anyway. Let's say both that, of them seemed a little extreme, but but maybe, maybe one hits, one doesn't. In this yeah. case, where and again, and we've had this conversation after talking to Jason Martinez uh, recently, uh, when he expressed that the fact that Carter Hart said has told the team, uh, I should say, that he does not want to be part of a long rebuild and that he uh, wants to enter his prime ready to win. Right. Which he's starting. You know, yeah. He's getting his mid-20s now. I think that the brass said that, okay, all right, well, let's prep ourselves. And I have no problem with them going out and drifting two goalies in a row. Like, it's like pitching. All right. My opinion. Pitching, quarterbacks, goalies are the most three important and put guards. Right? Yeah. Are the, f- you know, four of the major sports, those are the most important put spart- uh, parts of your teams. Yep. And you can never have enough, in my opinion. Uh, you look at, look at it. Sixers have been trying to find it. You know, they have James Harden. Lose James Harding, I, I guess. I guess you know Maxie's your point guard. Is he your true point guard? No one knows. Right. Jalen Hurts goes down. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're screwed. You're you're screwed. Uh, uh, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Ola go down. You're screwed. Carter Hoke goes down. You're screwed. So I, I had no problem. Well, the Flyers are screwed anyway. But at least well, yeah. Know. But if it, let's Maybe just say Sixers, let's just, but, yeah. Anyway. So, you know, you, you're in that position. Um, I have no problem with that. So, there, I, in, in, in that aspect, I don't think you can have too many cooks in the kitchen, especially when you're talking about young prospects. When you can bring These guys up, are young. They're 17 and 18. Yeah, yeah. like you don't know. Like you, they're six years. They're six years from where Carter Hart is now at 24. Six and seven years. Is that crazy? Yeah. So, I mean, you don't know where Carter Hart's going to be in six or seven years. Like, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. That's good. So, that's yeah. crazy to think about. But, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, I thought it was just interesting because, I mean, we've been talking about the, the goaltenders. And, and it's not as it's not as big of a blow-up as it seems um, because a couple of the guys are kind of done. Yeah, you got a couple of guys that are kind of done. You know, the, the phenom, the Fedotov phenom that everybody's talking about, like he's – He's a little bit, yeah, 
There's yeah. a lot of uncertainty with him too. So, mm. yeah. So no, Ryan, if you're listening, no, that's good. That's good. Um, again, I you know I just don't think you can have enough. I have no problem with what they did. I have no problem with what they're doing so far. Uh, they let. Oh, by the way, the I, I want to mention this. And while you were drunk, I forgot. Tony D'Angelo was let go. Basically, like, fuck you. You're done. Like, cut him. They just cut him. Right. He didn't play the last five or six games of the season. They just. Yeah. Good luck. Go find another team. And they they had a trade in for him, and it didn't work out. And now he's just. He's gone. They cut him? Gone. They got nothing for him? Nope. They just flat out cut him. Yep. They couldn't make a deal, so they cut him. Yep. For nothing. Yes. The guy that they like, – Think they, about they, – they, The guy that, like, they couldn't get the uh, Johnny Hockey for, yep. right? They they, trade, they they went with this guy instead of Johnny Hockey, right? Basically. Ultimately, ultimately, because of the draft picks they got, they gave up to get for D'Angelo. You could have given up some of those draft picks and signed, signed for a little extra money. You could have got Johnny Hockey. Instead, you got Tony D'Angelo, who – who you cut after who one year? Was and an asshole. Nobody. Who, by the way, was an asshole before he came here? Right. Who was in constant trouble? Right. On the ice, getting in stupid. But scruff. this fucking guy loved him. Did he? Loved the deal. Did he really? I Said don't... he was gritty and and because he was because he loves the Flyers. I don't because I, he. I don't remember him saying that. I don't remember Gary saying that. I. I remember all. I remember the bulk of. I don't remember Gary liking it. I remember all of us going. You got him instead of Johnny Hockey. You got this fucking guy instead. Of, I remember all. I, I remember being irate about it when he got him. I remember that. I, I just I remember. I don't remember, remember the, Gary. I don't remember Gary like. I thought Gary was was happy with it because he was. Oh, you know, because you know how Gary is with the Flyers. Yeah, I don't. I remember him being. Oh, you know, he, he's. I can't say either way. He's. he's you know, he's that gritty guy. He's going to be that guy that's going to, okay. you know. I, I, I'm pretty sure that that's where he went with that. All right. I can't say either way. Okay. I don't remember. I just remember being pissed. I remember being fuming about it. Like, I, I can't believe you did this for this asshole. So, what what happened to Chuck Fletcher? When he came in, he had a good pedigree, didn't he? Like, how does he – how does somebody, like, fuck it up to where, like, guys like us are like – this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Same thing as Colangelo, man. Like, you you bring in you bring Colangelo who has this big pedigree. My dad had a theory about that. He thinks that they, they he they, thinks they, they, he was set it set up to come here. He not only was he set up to come here, but he was set up to basically destroy the team. Right, that he was basically set up that he almost There's a lot of people who think that. Yeah, yeah. Your dad's not the only one, dude. That he it basically was set in to torpedo it on purpose. And, and the yeah, fake accounts and everything silver, else. Oh, yeah, dude. That Adam, Adam Silver kind of set it up and said, enough of this tanking shit, blow it up. Yeah, this we, is we, this we, is your We penalty. want them to fail. Yeah, this is your punishment for it. There's a lot of people who think that. Yeah. I, I, I can't say it's not true. The, the way the things went. It was weird. Yeah. Eric Jr., the Eric Jr. account, all that yeah. sh- weird shit that happened. Yeah. So, anyway. But... All right. Uh, did I have a song to play this out with? I think I did. Well, yeah, play, I did. You're going to call back a, and play Private Eyes. <laughs> what's that? You're going to call back and play Private Eyes. No, no. Oh, I could do that. Now, this is a new song from Baroness. Uh, 
Philly, Philly uh, based band. Oh, yeah? Big shout out to Gina Gleason. Used to play for uh, Miss Talca, a.k.a. Clit Talca. Mm. Uh, she is in Baroness. The second album's coming out uh, with, with Gina, I should say. Second album with Gina is coming out in September. Nice. Probably their fucking ninth album or something. Uh, Baroness has been out for a little while, man. Okay. This is good shit. So, guys, we had a great time tonight. Good sports topics. We had a- yeah. Hey, big yeah, shout cool. out to Sean Nam. Sean Nam has uh, joined us. Again, check out his book, Murder on Federal Street. Really, really good book. Again, uh, you want to find out more about the Tyrone Everett story, South Philly boxer, late 70s, coming up through the ranks, competing for the championship, got screwed over. Why did he get screwed over for that belt? It's a clear rig. And then why was he murdered three months later? What happened? Hmm. It's an interesting story. So uh, I found I, I found it to be very interesting. I felt that the way he wrote it and the way the research he did was fantastic. Nice. Check it out. Murder on Federal Street by Sean Ann. Check it out. Uh, thank him so much for joining us tonight. It was, that was fun. Gary, thanks for getting your Uber early, you cocksucking fuck. <laughs> Dickhead. Uh, Mike, thanks, man. It was fun tonight, dude. Yeah, man. Glad to be back. Yeah. I missed you guys. And guess what? We're off next week. Yeah. No show next week, guys. No show next week. I will be in Seattle. In the rain. Uh, and then we'll, we'll be back the following week. I think. I think the following week, uh, Kyle from Browntown will be joining us. Oh, that's awesome. I think he'll be joining us. So we'll All see what right, happens. dude. Jay, thank you. Dave Peterson, Thank you. Uh, Jay Peterson wrote a big thing here. Good night, gentlemen. Have a great week. Be safe and enjoy your every moment. Another great show tonight for sure. Corner Plus Sports number three. <laughs> number three in your program. Number one in your hearts. See everybody in two weeks. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Jay, thank you. Did we move up? We moved up from number four to number three? Or? Oh, we're number three. Yeah, you, we moved uh, from four to three. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. You weren't here. Yeah. We're number three now. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen the post. That's awesome. We're we're above, like, some John Clark or someone. Jesus. We're only behind, like, the Philly Blitz. Who I, I got to be honest. Hey, hats off to you. Never heard of you. I'm sorry. And then number two is the Philly the NBC Sports Philadelphia podcast. Jesus. The Phillies yeah. podcast. That's, that's crazy. it. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. That's fucking awesome. So, all right, guys, we will see you guys next week. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna stay on. I'm gonna stay on the live thing here for a second. We'll do some boner coverage, uh, uh-huh. but the podcast will end in a second. It's been fun. See you guys. Peace out. <laughs>